0: Hey guys, it's Dan, Adam, and Dave here with the It's a Mimic podcast. Uh, No doubt you are all paying attention uh, with rapt attention to the state of the world right now and all of the craziness that is ensuing. Um, Like many other podcasts and uh, businesses and various other things around, we're going to respond as well, but we are um, committed to kind of providing you guys uh, content. So we're not quite going to shut down. We're just modifying what we're doing.
1: We're going to be keeping our social distance here. Uh, There are a few people that are already affected in our personal lives uh, in various ways. And we are going to try to keep ourselves under uh, self-imposed isolation for the most part. And so what that means is that we're going to have to remotely contact each other. And uh, we're trying to sort out what the technical aspect of that looks like. And what we're going to be able to do to be able to bring you guys content, but it will not look the same as it does Up until this point, so unfortunately the regular podcast and the campaign builder are going to go on hold Uh, There they are going to come back. We promise that this is not the end of it's a mimic Um, And we are going to kind of shift gears into a handful of small mini series and and unique different ideas And we're going to try to get everybody uh, in the panel uh, Geared up with as much tech as we can to be able to get uh, as many voices on on a regular basis so that you guys still have something to listen to while Critical Role and everything else is shut down as well.
2: One thing I'm really looking forward to with this change of pace that's going on is maybe, hopefully, running a one-shot. Get you guys to feel my wrath for once. Change it up <laughs> a little bit. I have some revenge. Uh, I, I kind of want to kill Megan again. I really liked that the first time.
1: You know what? We'll We'll see what we can do. But um so we're going to be thinking outside the box. We're going to be doing things a little bit differently, but we still want to stay engaged with you guys. If you have any thoughts or concerns or anything, reach out to us at info at itsmimic.com. And of course we'll still be on all the podcast catchers and hopefully getting our YouTube straightened out and up and running sometime in the near future. Um, but until then, stay safe. Wash your damn hands. Stop French kissing every doorknob you find. Dave. And please keep your social distance and use common sense. All right. So, guys, I want to know your opinion about something about rangers. Before we dig into it, there's kind of an unspoken rule about rangers and druids in particular that everybody, especially rangers, everybody kind of looks at and they they want it. But it's not really hard baked into fifth edition anymore. It's an old holdover the Animal Companion. How do we feel about Animal Companions? Let's grab dice and let's let's talk about it. That 20. 17. Fif- I'm going last with a 15? Yep. Yeah. Fuck y'all. All right. Dave? Uh, so I love the idea
2: of Animal Companions. I hate the mechanic of Animal Companions. It's just another thing to run during the session. It's... Oh, it's... Yo, know, did your guy go yet? Did your animal companion go? Does he go before you? Does he go after you? Uh, is it on your turn? Are you, you wasting a, a bonus
1: action on him? Like yeah,
2: like it's just. It, it, I like fast games. I don't like uh, wasting time doing menial things, and the amount of impact that an animal companion normally has just doesn't seem like it's worth. The time that you put into it. I've seen people sit down and write these big backstories for their animal companion and give them names and get really attached to them. And then they don't even talk about them for two sessions until it's convenient for them to come back the next time. It's a great idea. Everybody loves having a pet dog, right? Well, most people anyways. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a great idea, but it just doesn't apply. It doesn't fit in combat. No, not, not unless you've got a lion which i think would be a it, 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 difficult it's
0: very easy to unbalance either negatively or positively animal companions yeah. in a party right like oh, how e- much either they're dead in a hit or they're another party member yeah and it's very hard to kind of find that in between um, especially when you have things like Xanathar's which have come out with the spell beast bond Mm -hmm. Um, which basically just makes your animal companion a familiar. Yep. Right? Um, It gives you the
1: ability to talk to it telepathically and tell it to do do things, which removes... But it still dies. It's not like a familiar where it will come back over and over again, right? When it dies, it dies. Yeah, right? Uh, So what you got to do is... People get far too attached
0: to animal companions, and if they do, I think it's a... It's a homebrew my world where I am okay with people equipping their uh, animal companions with things and and items that help them. So what I was gonna say for my answer is yes, I love animal companions. I've always loved animal companions and familiars and all those other things. As a DM, I love them. As a player, I love them. They help bring a lot of character to a uh, player, or sorry, a lot of uh, character to a character. But also at the same time, give me something as a DM that I could kind of target to instill emotion if if a battle's going poorly, right? Now, I will almost always pull my punches when it comes to mounts, animal familiars, uh, animal companions, and familiars. Almost always I'll pull my punches. I won't necessarily kill them all out in one hit unless you're bringing that regular riding horse into a level 20 campaign. Then maybe. But, like, it, it I, I love them. I think they need to be a part of, but I agree with
1: you. The rules are lacking, and they need to be there. Okay, I'm just going to make it real short and sweet for me. I think that animal companions are inherently about role play, but more importantly, exploration, and they're not really about um, combat. There are some that will give you pack tactics, but that's about it, right? So our problem here is when we talk about mechanics, we're talking about combat, right? But when it comes to exploration, having a hawk, or having a, a dog that can sneak forward, or a rat, or whatever it is. This can make a world of difference. Yep. So in my opinion, Animal Companions, it's not that they're imbalanced, although you're right when it comes to combat, it's that they're improperly utilized. And and they are most uh,
0: well utilized during a aspect of this game that we have all agreed at this table multiple times
1: is very poorly defined. And, and, and not really paid attention to by most tables. You're, yeah.
2: you're, you're right, like they do... Have more um, useful in role playing. They're more useful in role playing. But I mean, no matter what kind of game that you play, the one constant between everybody's groups is combat. And it just doesn't fit that. Right? Like, it is inherently not great.
1: Yeah. Now I'm with you. Ultimate, yay or nay on an animal companion? Would you, if you're making a character, would you include an animal companion for yourself? Yes or no? No. Yes. Every time. Uh, I would not. Welcome to the It's a Mimic Podcast with your DMs,
0: Adam, Dan, and Dave.
1: Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic Podcast, the Roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. I'm Adam, and with me are Dan and Dave. And today, we're talking about rangers. Again. Again. Again, okay, so for those of you who didn't pick this up the first time around, we actually talked about the player's handbook, rangers, and the base class, Mm -hmm. uh, and the revised ranger in the previous uh, rangers episode. So you guys can go back and check that out. What we're going to talk about today is what Xanathar's has to offer about rangers, um, and uh, specifically the three subclasses that are there, as well as the little bits and pieces of inspiration that they've given us. Yeah. So, um, guys, I, I, for one, and and
0: it's something I've noticed diving really big into these Xanathar classes, That little bit of inspiration they give you at the very beginning of every single additional, like, subclass feature section is brilliant. Every single time. I I, I don't have any complaints about
1: any of it. I'm with you until now. This is the only time that I think that Rangers got the short end of the stick. And... I'll, I'll make my argument here in, in like... I'm sorry, this is the only one that I don't like. The, once again, the Rangers get a short end of the stick. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. they
0: got a short end of... They've been getting the short end of the stick this entire edition. Yes. They used to be powerhouses in three five and and previous editions. Like, they, they were one of the best classes in well, the Well, there game. were so
1: many feats just geared directly towards Rangers and ranged combat. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look... I. I Fighters, I say this again and again and again. Fighters and rogues can be ranged combatants. Rangers can be melee combatants. Mm-hmm. But nobody thinks that way, and it's it's really built around that. When you it's look, because range is right in the name. I, it's a range er. It's not a meleeer.
2: It's a ranger.
1: Boo! All right, no, but honestly, I'm when, with you. when you look at the art for rangers, nine times out of ten, they have a bow, a crossbow, or some sort of throwing implement. Right, like it's. And then you'll see light swords that they're carrying. Mm-hmm. You don't see a ranger wielding a great sword, and I'm like, why the fuck not? Right? That well, is the inspiration is fucking Aragorn from Lord of the
0: Rings. That's oh, where a lot of the. was from Harry Potter. I hate you. A lot of the class is built off that, and he's swinging a sword more than he's shooting a bow and arrow. Uh, that's not all he's swinging.
1: You know what I'm talking His about? His massive cock, Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I'm overheating a little. That's no, the rooster he carries with him in all the battles. Don't you hear it when he's swinging a sword? <laughs> so you're just committing to this bit then? Is that what's yeah, happening? sure, why not? <sighs> Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, but.
2: <laughs> now I'm thinking, you ever see the Hot Shots Part 2, where he pulls yes. the bow out and yeah. then puts the chicken in it, shoots the chicken? Yeah. 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 Thanks, Dan.
0: You're
1: welcome. Fuck. All right, so here's what we have for Rangers in Xanathars, okay? There is a quick little breakdown, and then there are three um, kind of inspiration points. In the breakdown, it really, really hammers home the idea that they live on the outskirts of society, often as protectors, although sometimes that's an incidental aspect of who they are and why they do what they do. Um, They have little use for society, or they could like society. It depends on what your rangers like. That doesn't give me anything, right? Yes, we know that they're outdoorsy people. Yes, everyone either took hermit or outlander as their background for these guys. Right? There's there's nothing additional in this in this blurb and I'm not I'm not thrilled with it already. No. They've given me nothing new. And this is... If I'm going to play a ranger... I, he's already dressed in green and brown freaking leather pants. And he's got a, a, a bow on his back. And he's one of Robin Hood's Merry Men. And there's like a twig stuck in his hair. Yeah. like, like Well, that's more druid for me than than ranger. But I, like I'm on the same page. I wanted something more about them being different different lands, the way that the Druid is, the, they're natural explorers. They've got all of these different uh, lands that, but, that they can be attached to, all these different terrains, and yet w- we all just think of the forest, right? That's the only thing that we're thinking of with this. Yep. So they, they talk about the views of the world, homelands, and sworn enemies, okay? Let's go one at a time through these. I'm going to cover uh, views of the world. It, it starts right off the bat by saying a ranger's perspective is based on how they, they perceive civilization, right? And that's not just necessarily their their main perspective. That could be their entire gimmick to their characters, how they see the world. Right there, that is giving people permission to have a two-dimensional character. Your whole personality can be whether or not you like towns. I'm already turned off by this. And, and to me, this is more of a druid thing. It, yeah, it really is. I, I feel like um, they, they talk about on the battlefield, it's impossible to tell the difference between one ranger and another. So we don't have unique perspectives in combat, the most utilized uh, pillar of 5th ed, right? Like, I'm not really inspired by this. So when they get to views of the world, I'm only going to go through a couple of these. Um... Here, they give you uh, six options on a random table. You can roll for it or pick your favorite or make up your own, but I'll give you a couple of the ones they give you. Um, the advancement of civilization is the best way to thwart chaos, but its reach must be monitored. Well, so far now, the player that picks that one's a dick. Right? You can just hear the person say, you know what, I don't like your towns or your civilizations. This doesn't make any sense but to But you're a d- necessary
0: evil and I will just keep an eye on you.
1: Yeah, these, I will follow your laws because it suits me too for now. I'm not interested in that. That is that is RPG 101, yep. right? Let's move past that. Here's, oh, and this it, just gets more pretentious as you go down the list. Walls are for cowards yep. who huddle behind them while others do the work of making the world safe. S- Number six, cities breed weakness by isolating folk from the harsh lessons of the wild. The rogues who have swashbucklers and masterminds and, and what their inquisitors, they're no longer the edgelords. It's the rangers now. Mm-hmm. What are we doing, guys? Let's let's come up with more interesting perspectives on that. So that's what I want to talk about right away. Let's let's uh, um, roll dice. I want to hear your opinions of this. Is it good or bad to lean into those tropes? And do you have a new idea beyond these? Um, yes. that you want let's to go. add. Got a four, seven, six. Damn it! All right. So <laughs> first and foremost, I understand now that I've always said that fighter, a champion fighter. Is how you introduce someone to D&D. Okay. All right. Sure. uh, That is a broad generalization. I don't actually believe that, but it is one of the simplest um, class and subclass breakdowns to really get into somebody's head of how many attacks do you get. Oh, there's a critical range that you get, right? Like really breaking down um, the, the basics. Yeah, the basic mechanics of combat. I feel like these views of the world... Are the very first way that you introduce someone to role playing. It is two dimensional. It's it's for brand new players, and it is for people that need to get their edge out of their lord. Yep. Right. So these can be I th- broader. Th- yeah, I, I'm not. What, Dave? What?
2: Well, I thought paladins were more trying to get the edge out of their
1: lord. Lord. Fuck right off. Yeah. And maybe, maybe well, well done. Yeah maybe warlock warlocks are pretty edgy well well. Done. although yeah. paladins do have swords well yeah, so do some edge. warlocks yeah they literally summon swords into their hands anyway let's talk about rangers okay So, <laughs> so views of the world here's one that I want to see I am a little socially awkward and don't know how to handle people so I live on the outskirts I would like to be able to help and my dream is to be a folk hero but i don't know how to handle people. That is rich for roleplay. And 99% of D&D players will understand and identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, that is something that is going to give you if there's a goal attached to it. It's not just it's not just a declaration of your your distrust of things, right? You can say that you don't understand but you want to learn. There's somewhere to go with this character. Yeah, and even if it is a one shot, you can build a step in that direction, right? Or you can grow it over twenty levels in a three year campaign, right? Whichever way, there's something there to to deal with it, and that's what I want more out of this. And we're gonna kind of, I'm gonna hit that nail in the head over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, uh, in this episode because they really let us down in these first like page and a half of of uh, the ranger entry. So mm-hmm. who was next? Dave. That was
2: me. Uh, so, when I was going through this before I got here, uh, I looked at the views of the world. Now, I've never played a ranger, uh, so this is all kind of a little bit new to me. But when I looked at the views of the world, I started reading through the list that they have. And number five, visiting a town is not unpleasant, but after a few days I feel the irresistible call to return to the wild. Is that you? That is me, okay? Is I, I, I thought that, like... Holy crap, I've never read a description in the D&D books that has described me so well. I have a term for it. I call it urban fatigue, okay? Being in cities and stuff, I can do it. I don't dislike it. But after a while, it starts making me go a little nuts. I need to go back out to the woods and just kind of reconnect and reestablish myself. What I thought, and just,
1: like, just oh, oh, hold on, I got to pause you because I think the people are going to think that that's hippy dippy druid bullshit. No. You're not reconnecting with nature and finding and communing with with the animals and shit. You are you're cleansing yourself and you're getting back the way that some people meditate, right? Yeah, and yeah you're finding it, yourself again without all the clutter around you.
2: Exactly, right? It's it, it's therapeutic, right? And it it doesn't need to be any one thing in particular. It just needs to happen, right? I just need to decompress right?
1: but i feel like as a role-playing option there 99 percent of the people like the mass majority of them are going to see number five and say okay after 48 hours in a town i'm going to start to become a little bit more hostile to my fellow party members
2: well i was actually going to kind of build on what it was there and uh some people i know we do on tuesday play with a sanity stat yep i like the idea that the longer you're in town the lower your sanity, you, you lose or, your or, sanity.
1: Stat. Or I would just say that every 48 hours that you're in town, you roll again and the DC gets higher and higher and higher.
2: Sure, that would work too. But like, make that work. You know, make, make this a useful uh, part of your backstory. Like, I, that.
1: I'd add a mechanic to it as well. Exactly. I think that honor would work with this. We talked about honor a few episodes back. That would work as well because you would have a very low honor score, right? Because you're out in the woods. Reacting the way that animals react, uh, it's weird that we got Dave for barbarians and rangers. That was completely accidental. <laughs> but uh, are there any other? I guess you are going to be back for druids, Dave.
2: Uh, I don't like druids.
1: That's because you're not you're not druiding it right, Dan. So um, I'm going to push back
0: against both of you on this one. Um, I like the view of the world. I think it's a good, uh, let's say, uh, targeted shot to get people out. Like you said earlier, where, where it's like it's a good stepping stone. But I don't necessarily think these ones presented here are terrible um, as long as your character arc is to rectify these views. Because they're negative views, they're things you want your character to change. And they're things you want your character to change, not necessarily uh, embrace as the character progresses, right? So you start off in this sense, and you and you start off with the whole discussion that yes... Where a party, remember you're a party. So if you have something to do in the town, you're going in the town, right? If you're going to go talk to someone's, you know, uh, grandma, you're not going to walk in the door and the first thing you say to her is like, "Why do you live in this box in the middle of the the stone towers?" You well, should. I, be get, the I work, guess that's my point. Right? It's it, like it
1: really it, leans towards not having tact.
0: Yeah, that, that right, exactly. And I think there's still a lit, so, I think still, there's a little bit you, of.
1: Uh, interest
0: playing a character who just doesn't have tact even as a ranger one of my favorite rangers was a character who didn't have tact now uh, the ones I've played oh yeah I played played a dwarf who was a uh, uh, like just a military man ranger um, back way back in 3.5 and like doing things investigations he would just walk up and tell them how it is why because he doesn't understand why culture has to tiptoe around things why do we have to pussyfoot around every single issue? We should just tell it like it is, and we can be done with it. We can solve it. We can move on. We can be good, right? And and that is how um, I feel Rangers should be. Now, I would like to see different views here. Um, I think your Indiana Jones would fit in wonderfully here, where the, I need to reclaim these things so that culture remembers where they were. And you make them a little bit more of a historian, Right, like you make them a little bit more of someone who See, remembers the I, way the I world don't, should be. I don't be.
1: read that in any of these six options. No, in those six options, no. I'm
0: adding a seventh. Oh, okay, right, right. like yeah, I that's... and I, I think as if I was to do this and I wanted to have a view of the world, I would definitely make up my own. That is, yeah, you you're not comfortable out here because you would rather like you're not comfortable in the city because you would rather be out, learning or or. Uh, Uh, gaining lost information or something like that that will help society in the monstrous form that it is now remember the way it started right I don't think rangers necessarily need to be these loners out in the woods they could be these guys who like Dave has to go to the woods to recoup and come back and maybe loves civilization and society but the way civilization and society is doing it is wrong right now he loves this ideal civilization and society Right?
1: I, yeah. I, I. You know, I do. I like that better. I like it better because I feel like these six are all the same thing to different degrees. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's my main criticism is it's just... It, th- these are all prisms of the same light. Yeah. And yeah. so... <sighs> isn't the lights of the same prism? Sure. God, do you always flip the fucking, <laughs> the fucking idioms on me, Dan, and you just... God, fuck. All right. You did it to... I can't even remember what it was. You did it to me... You said uh, on the same hand. Yeah. You said, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> God At the same g- time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, I do it just for you. <laughs> no, you don't. That's that is <laughs> infuriating. Um, no, I, I like the idea of them being more outside of the... Uh, outside of societal um, constructs, necessarily. But I don't like the idea that they're beyond civilization. One of the things that I loved about the revised Ranger is that they had conclaves, right? They didn't have archetypes, mm-hmm. right? I don't like the, the word archetype because every, every subclass is an archetype, right? It doesn't mean anything. The, there needs to be like the paths and the oaths and the pacts. There needs to be a thing. And I really liked conclave because I like the idea of there being small groups of nomadic rangers that move around. These are our territories. We protect them. We hold the green menace out. From from whether it's goblins or orcs or whatever, however you want to play it, right? We keep the enemies at bay, uh, and as as a reward, they bring us steel, right? And other than that, we're Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. You know, we show up to if you wait here, you know, every you know that on the night of the full moon, that will mark the seven days where we will protect any travelers on this road to the dangerous forest. Right, and I like the idea of there being a little band of rangers, and that gives you something to latch the fuck onto instead of this, which is more loner, sit in the shadow by yourself. Yeah, bullshit. Right. So anyway, anyway, let's let's stop listening to me bitch about the view of the world. Let's go to Homeland. Shall we? Well, let me give you a quick breakdown. Regardless of how they came to take up the profession, okay. So now, now ranger is a profession. It's the only one that is. Um. It's the only one that is a job.
2: Bard is a job.
1: Bard is a job. Bard is not necessarily a minstrel. Bard can be a million different things, but they say right in this, that every ranger is the same, and it is a profession. Ah. Bards are radically different one to the next.
2: I think you're reading too much into it.
0: I think you're reading too much into that as well, because I go clerics. Our profession. A paladin is a profession. Just because you're a lifelong holy fighter or you are a lifelong holy man doesn't mean that's not your
1: job. That That is your job.
2: I think this was more of a victim of we wanted to change the phrasing so it's not the same as everything else.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. This really does feel like... like they're leaning into the idea that you're getting paid for, for ranging. I mean, sure. These are the guys who are your guides. These are the guys
0: who are your... Um, like you need to find this hidden spot in the wood okay i'll take you for a price right and as you're as if you are playing this character like if this is a pc not an npc then you are playing this guy as the i have been loaned from my conclave or i have been um assigned to take care of this with you right but rogues all of the rogues I see as being professions. There isn't a single one where I go, "That's
1: not a profession." Swashbuckler? Yeah, I go, "That's a profession." Uh, that's a description of a of a person to me. That that's... Well, no, you're you're a professional duelist. Okay, a duelist is is a profession, but a swashbuckler isn't, right? The same way that a swashbuckler is a way that you describe someone. It's more of an attitude than a, It's like bard. Yeah. But a, a bard is not a minstrel. You guys say bard is a profession. It isn't. A is a profession. A bard can be a poet. A bard can be uh, a dancer. It, they can be many, many, many different things. Oh, I see what you're right? saying. So
0: so you're saying the subclasses themselves are, uh, there are, many- are professions, but the base class itself is not. That's right. And this is the first base class description that targets itself as a profession.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could make an argument for clerics. You really could. But, I mean, how many clerics are out there that... That discovered their god and didn't know that the gods existed before. Like it's well, you could make the same argument for druids. Uh, even uh, some warlocks, you can make the same. No, colonel. no, yeah, but my point is that not every cleric has to be brought up in a monastery or a or a church yeah. or a temple, right? Um, not every monk needs to be in a monastery. There are some that are, you know, personal. They've learned their own techniques, their own ways, and whatnot. But they just really phrase this to be like, hey, this is your job. And you can hear it in their their options here. Um, But first, before before I jump into the options, they ask a couple of questions. What does the the terrain say about your personality? Right? And so what we're talking about here is the terrain that you grew up in. This is what you're the most comfortable in. This is your natural explorer terrain, right? Yeah. Um, And uh, so what does it say about your personality? Does it influence which spells you choose to learn? Have your experiences there shaped who your favorite enemies are? Those are great questions. I think that makes a lot of sense for a ranger. But then we get, you patrolled an ancient forest. That's the first one. As part of a group of nomads. That's the second one. You survived in the desert. Yeah. Right? Like, there's just...
2: I think that the the descriptions are a little two-dimensional. Uh, again, like I said...
1: Here, the... let's roll initiative on this. All right, all right, all right. Fuck, I'm going last again. I'm an 18. You're going first, Adam. Okay. You started, and so I'm going I'm to continue with the idea. Yes, these are two-dimensional. Yeah. The, the, they are very much, here are six different options, and here you go for for, you lived in a desert, and therefore you've acquired the skill for living in a desert. There's nothing to that. No. It's just an excuse to have a good survival check which in my opinion should be about six different checks but that's another podcast episode you wandered uh, you wandered the far north learning to protect yourself and prosper in a realm overrun by ice that doesn't give me anything that just says ice is to the north you're from the north no the the ter- the, the the homeland gives you nothing so the, here's well, here's what i want and it's literally if
0: you've rolled a ranger and you have natural explorer you've chosen this. Yeah, right? There's no variation. There should be like a chart. These are your jungle ones. These are your these are your desert ones. These are your tundra ones.
1: Yeah. So here here's what I would say to someone who's going through this that wants something a little bit different. We talked before about the view of the world and about society, and now we're talking about homelands. What they should have just done is combined the two and said, "You protect an ancient ruin lost in the swamp." Or uh, you provide food to the people um, in that are up in the north. And you are seen as a protector and provider. Yeah. Right? Combine the two. Have What I'm missing here is how society sees you and how you interact in this specific society in this region. Right? If you are one of these people that just wanders through the desert and whatnot, then you know where the ancient tombs and sarcophagi are buried. Yeah. And you help people loot um, some of these ancient graves and you're very familiar with the older civilizations or you automatically can speak, I don't know, lizard folk? The way that
0: 5th edition, just as an aside, does languages, period, annoys me. All right, yeah. That,
1: again, that you're, you're right. I'm with you. I really like how Eberron did it. Right? And well, so,
2: Eberron's great.
1: All right, calm down, Dave. We can smell your boner from here. So who is next? So look, but but that that's my thing. That's my thing. Bathe, just just bathe. Just bathe, please. That, that's my thing. Just yeah, bathe. Bathe. What?
2: Huh?
1: Your turn. So no, no, no. I I just combine the idea of civilization in these harsh extremes, and if you are think about civilizations that are like up in the mountains, think about the Tibetan monks and whatnot, and the guide that gets the people to and from. Yeah is the ranger there that serves the monks, right? That's that's what this is about, and that's who we should be thinking about this to add that extra third dimension. My next yeah. ranger is going to be called Sherpa. No, it will not. Or he may, but then there will be rocks fall, you die. Yeah, probably. So, Dave, what's yours? Uh,
2: so I think the idea of a homeland is, is a bunch of hokum. Uh, I don't think where you're from necessarily dictates who you are and what you grow up to
1: be. Uh, it's a load of crap. I just remember dictator. <laughs> Penis potato. And it was. Yes. Yeah. Um,
2: again, like this this speaks to me, right? I was born in a large metropolis of a city and then moved to another large metropolis of a city. And the place that I am most comfortable is sitting up in the woods with a foot of snow all bundled up. Uh, helping my friends figure out like, how to uh, how to do
0: stuff up there.
1: How to gut a deer.
0: Uh, yeah, or
1: <laughs> or how to set up a tent. Really, it's <laughs> oh, <laughs> how to unpack their sleeping bags. So I we. <sighs> No, come on. What is it? Uh, I'm going to tangent a little here. You're, you're allowed. We, God knows we, we don't tangent. Well, Never, I, ever last, tangent last time, Last patina. time
2: we went out for a week, uh, we had a new shelter, and we were like, oh, this grade's going to be awesome. It weighs like 500 pounds. It's awesome. Uh, we've got our big wood burning stove in yeah. and everything set up our cot. This is great. We're going to live here for like over a week. It's going to be wonderful. Go out, come back, because it starts getting really windy, and we get it, We get back to this site, and it's lifted up the tent and moved it over like... 15 feet
1: just the wind lifted it up
2: uh well there was wind yes but the hail my god the hail it covered everything in about two inches of hail and of course the tent lifted up and moved but that meant that all of our stuff that was in there was now outside and everything was covered in snow and did you not
1: peg your shit down Uh, no
2: i didn't and i screwed it up and i felt so bad about it because like this is what i do like this is this I, I thrive Do you remember in that this time that you and, and I got I lost goofed. on the
0: mountain for like a day and a half.
2: <sighs> I see that was a learning experience. <laughs> it,
1: it was those kinds it, of things. Dave's life is a series of these learning experiences. <laughs> uh,
2: it never ends. You can never, you can never be too old to learn.
1: <laughs> Apparently, uh, the, what you can learn from this episode is peg your tent. Yeah, peg your tent. Uh,
2: there was there was a picnic table I'm glad that was Perry's made of not concrete. while we're talking about pegging. oh well, I mean, Continued. he would. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but anyway, so what I'm trying to get at this is this homeland thing. Uh, to me, it's a bunch of crap. I wouldn't even use it. If, if
0: I was to get all psychological on you, it'd be like you went from a metropolis to a metropolis. Hell, yes, it, not a huge jump of logic that you enjoy spending your time spending your time out in the woods away from it all. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, but 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 it's more than that. It's it's I I, I did it too, and I fucking love the city. I oh I I would
0: prefer to be outdoors at all times. Like sorry. I would prefer to be out in the woods, just like Dave, because I mean, we grew up doing scouting together. Yeah. Like, I would love to do that, but I also, there is a special, like, comfort zone of yeah, my I, 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 don't, I don't know what your point is I, here. I, like, I was
1: scouting with you two fuck
0: nuggets. So,
1: like, no, you that's were... why we got lost. No, 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 no,
0: <laughs> no. It wasn't his fault, but you were scouting with my brother. That's true. Not with us.
1: Well, I, I, I put in two full years of scouting with you. Did you? Oh, yeah. When? In scouts, fuck. Is it not weird to you guys that the scout is a rogue su- subclass and not a ranger one? One hundred percent, fucking weird. Anyways, Dan, what's your thing? All right, um, for me, homelands.
0: I I briefly mentioned it. I think there should be a detailed list. I like the I like the fact that our homelands. I mean, when you look at things like barbarian, where they have their totems and they have all these interesting things that add a flavor. I would remove homeland and put in something more along the line of, I don't know actually break down what your uh uh conclave is like detail your conclave in this section yeah they could like protect your land in
2: fact they could be like some sort of
0: Protector. department of homeland security or or something like or they could be gnomes and it could be a department of gnome land security anyways we have you break them down into you're breaking uh, me down Dan. <laughs> you're
1: welcome i think the leader also of your conclave would probably be the most You'd be the Power Ranger, right?
2: Naturally. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. His name is Zord, and he's a druid, so he's a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger as well.
0: <laughs> oh. All hail the one true <laughs> Zord! <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so what I would do is for Homeland specifically, if we we're gonna if we we're gonna hold on tight to Homelands, I, uh, I would have. I, options for different terrains rather than one option for every terrain.
1: Here's here's what I would like to do. I like what you're saying and I would combine a couple of ideas here. I would have your a list of random like random items on a table which are your conclave, right? And then a number of um of uh like opinions or emotions and then uh, on another random table and then you have a random table of uh, the society that you protected, how big were they? How? Uh, what's a defining feature of them mm-hmm. and so on and so forth? And then their opinion. And you roll up these four things to determine your unique living scenario. And that would be an interesting way to come from your background. Maybe you don't love your homeland, but you're good at it and you understand yeah. it. Like, Dave, I, I know that you don't like big cities, but you can navigate yeah. downtown Vancouver better than anybody else. I don't have a
2: problem with it. I. Kinda like some people, right? Like it's—I it, don't mind interacting. I don't
1: mind being, you know. W- Which people do you like? <sighs> Name one. Yeah, exactly. This my is taking point. too long. <laughs> so anyway, you—you you guys at home don't hear that. We just cut out six minutes of silence. Maybe another minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So okay. So the last thing—we we're in agreement then that Homeland's is lacking. Oh yeah, it's garbage. All right. Tokeum. So, Hokum, right. So, the last thing... Boulder dash. The last thing <laughs> a is... A bunch of
0: flim uh,
1: Megan, once you get here, so... <laughs> bye! <laughs> okay, bye! <laughs> what that is. I don't know that is. <laughs> I don't know how she did that. Anyway, so... Uh, the last one is Sworn Enemy. Every ranger begins with the favorite enemy or two, it says. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> the determination of a favorite enemy might be tied to a specific event in the character's early life, or it might... Be entirely a matter of choice. Yes, those are the two options. Congrats. It's, <laughs> it's either could, something it, that happened in your past uh, or, or something, something you're has, choosing now, right? Yeah. Like, like, uh, what? No. no, it could happen in the future. Fuck, right off. The, no, I, I'm just. There's nothing to this. This really feels phoned in. This, I, once again, the ranger feels tacked on like a holdover. So, I just, I just love how it could be. It could be all of these
0: options, or it could be anything that we didn't mention in those options.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, so here we go. Sworn enemies. Here are a couple of the options. You seek revenge on nature's behalf for the great transgressions your foe has committed. You bear no enmity toward your, toward your foe. You stalk such creatures as a hunter tracks down a wild animal. Yes, we're talking about rangers, you fuck. God yeah, damn. but that's talking about, like,
0: goblins. You don't hate goblins. But you you kill them, and you're good at it. You're the best there is at what you do. Yeah, but um, this this is just
1: the basics for rangers again. That's the basics for racism, is what that is. Yeah, like here's one that I've that I've seen more times than I can count in D and D games. You find your foe fascinating, and you collect books of tales and history concerning it. Here's one that we talked about in the Barbarian episode because it's so fucking generic. You collect tokens of your fallen enemies to remind you of each kill.
2: Yeah, I kind of uh, got that vibe as arm, well when I was looking through it.
0: Arms, arms up around the table. Who has had a character that collects ears?
1: Just you, Dan. Oh, all right. I collected genitals. Yes, you did have the character that did that, yeah. Yeah, I also collected skins for a while. And I don't mean I like did. like furs and pelts. I mean like like intelligent animals skins like I I, I, I,
0: I you are a terrifying person but I've done like teeth I, I did like eyeballs in a jar with one character I just needed to collect eyeballs in a jar but like that's I we went over this again in the Bar- barbarian episode um
2: I, I do this I collect a token when I get something and that's just the spent round I keep the spent round because I'm not a fucking psychopath Dan
0: yeah Dan Adam what <laughs> you're a psychopath as well.
2: Like, it doesn't need to be a part of your quarry. It can be you, part of the you, journey.
0: You
1: collect the arrowhead that you use to kill it because you're a ranger, uh, or something like that. Or, or you lines. just carve the notch into the into the bow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what, whatever it is. I, but
2: this is something we talked about in our brain. Let's roll again,
1: guys. We're going to get distracted. Six. Five. I don't know. What I got. Twelve. All right. Oh, shit. I'm going first. Sweet. I'm awesome. So, um,. This is the dumbest thing ever. It is. I love the idea of having an adversary, an enemy. I really, really, really wish that they would take this out of the ranger section and just make it part of backstory and character creation that everyone has a nemesis. Even if it was just the guy who bullied you. Mm-hmm. Right? Or the man that killed your father. Or the tax collector that made your farm destitute and and... It could be it could be anything, but come up with it. Give me an entire section in the player's handbook, or in the dungeon master's guide about creating personal foes. Why is it six kind of generic, again very straightforward and basic options under rangers in Xanathar? So what would you give it instead? What would I? What would you, I give? You have, you have
0: three things to give it. You've hated all three of them. You're
1: right. I absolutely have.
0: Do you have a list of three that you would put in instead that add just as much flavor as we
1: saw in the totems and spirits and traditions yes. for a barbarian? Yeah. Okay. So here's what I would do. I already said that I would mix um, the urban uh, environment with the with the surrounding lands. All right. So that's one. You get to roll on multiple tables to, to build your ranger that way. Uh, my second one would be, instead of you, like, because we, we already have um, Favorite Enemy and Natural Explorer. What we don't have is Natural Expert, where you are just good at, now you understand how to use herbalism kits, or you're going to get advantage on on animal handling, or there needs to be some other mechanical... Um, boon from being out in the woods besides survival is you, yeah, you but can those, be proficient in survival uh, but those don't belong here like these these are purely flavor right but there, there but, should be no but that would that, that would be the flavor that I would put in here Terry did this with every one of his characters and it's absolutely phenomenal he gives me an animal that his character is very similar to so when he created Titus Hawkridge it was the hawk and because he was a knight everything ended up with a hawk emblem. Right?
2: Oh, I thought they all would have been horn dogs.
1: <laughs> well, there was also that. Okay. But, uh, but for um, uh, Asriel, who was his, his cleric of uh, the goddess of dreams, who was a war cleric, his was uh, the emblem of snakes. And he just said, I really wanted it to be like a snake feel to everything that he does. I really like the idea of there being a lot of of reptilian snake-like things from an alien mindset and a weird perspective, a point of view that we don't really understand in a lizard Mm -hmm. brain because he's all about the goddess of dreams, right? So he gives me this animal, not a spirit animal necessarily, but a, a, a... Again, it's so close to barbarian, but I think that there's a really solid uh, parable that you can have there with an animal companion. This is where I would put your animal companion. Yep, yep right? I agree with that. So um, so that's my second one. And my third one would be, um, how did you, oh, it would be your conclave. Yep. Really, right? Like, so how did you come to learn these skills? Because it's just thrown away as a detail in the background of the homeland portion, but only on some of them, not even on all of them right so where where is that where where can we learn who your mentor was or who taught you these skills were you abandoned in the woods you had to fend for yourself freaking call of the wild or or swiss family robinson or like there's so many different ways to become a ranger donner party well (laughs) uh that's no (laughs) no you wanna know
0: where my my uh trainer my master is well Burp. Um. Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> that that's dark, Dan, and it makes me uncomfortable. So, uh, who's next? Uh it would. It was me. Um. I had a six. You had a five, didn't you? No, I'm actually going second on this one. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure it was me. Don't look at me, guys. I don't pay attention to what you guys even say. So, fine, Dan, you can go. Ooh. I, you are going to be getting cold coffee from this bitch from uh, now on. Apparently. Anyways,
0: no. Uh, I agree with you. This is absolute bullshit. This should just be something that every single player rolls. I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, In its place, I would want to put something because of the way I see Rangers um,
1: and just the way I like to play Rangers. Every Ranger should have a signature weapon. Be it a hockey stick or a baseball bat, whether or not they're from New York or Texas. Calm down there, Casey Jones. Oh, fuck (laughs) <laughs> that's that's not what Casey Jones sounds like at all. No, but Dave just Dave just triggered my Minnesotan apparently. <laughs> apparently, don't you know? Oh, Anyways, oh fuck, there, bud. <laughs> You're <a> plastic bag. <laughs> all right, then
2: oh.
1: uh, I love that so much. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the
0: so I would give you the ability to roll up some sort of signature weapon and why it's important to your character, right? Like. Um, your character uh, chooses the longsword
1: because it's uh, he carries his ancestral one with him or something along those but lines. But again, like the the concept of an ancestral weapon could be there for every single. Uh, yes, one. I know, but like uh, this, uh, like I'm saying, like a f- not a favored weapon,
0: uh, or, or yeah, no, I, I, a favored weapon. That is what I want, like a, a something that. You know how you go off to the woods to uh, meditate upon yourself? If your character's stuck in the city, what is he doing? What are they doing? Well, they're probably maintaining their gear as a way to kind of escape the bounds of civilization around them. So they're sharpening their swords, they're restringing their bows, re oiling their bows, they're refletching their arrows. Like there should be something here that has that
1: to it. I just want there to be more than swords and bows for rangers, though. No,
0: I agree, and and that's why there's a chart that you would choose, like axes or spears, a, miss, a whip, right? To go more. Oh, calm Indiana down, Jones. there, Terry. Calm down. Not that kind of whip. Dave, care to interject? No. It's Your turn. It is your turn. All right. Well, it was your turn before, but Dave yeah, off. So,
2: so first of all, what I would like to do is ask. But I would everyone, also like to see things like.
1: Sorry. Continue, Dave.
2: What I would first like to do is, like, I would like to ask everyone to write in and tell Dan that he was wrong. You all heard it. I know it. I rolled a six. He rolled a five.
1: Justice for Dave. Hashtag justice for Dave. <coughs> all right. We'll be checking it on Instagram and Twitter.
2: Thank you. Um, so, I, I again, like I said, I don't really know too much about Rangers. I haven't really played one in 5th edition. Fuck, I hope there's not but... someone on
1: death row named Dave that we're going <coughs> to like free hat free, free hat free hat free hat, hat.
2: yeah um
1: <laughs> continue dave uh
2: so again as I, I haven't brought up yet this time which you'll notice uh i come from 3.5 in 3.5 the rangers oh, had a I'll favored enemy yeah do they have something like that already yes yes they do okay because this really seemed like that to me it felt like that was kind of where they were going with this.
1: Yeah, but it's so on the fucking list. We've already covered that with one of the very basic first things that you get. Which is why I think it's completely unnecessary. Exactly. Tokum. Hokum. Balderdash. No. A bunch of flam flam. No. Poppycock. It's, it's wiggity whack. <laughs> Dave, what all right, What would you put instead then? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I,
2: I don't know. Again, because I'm, I'm looking at these and like... I, I think most of these... I didn't like Homeland. I didn't like Sword Enemy. Homeland's a decent show. But I just, I, I look at them and there are, again, ones in here that just, they speak to me, right?
1: I, I'm not sure I would remove Which it. one? Which one speaks to you? Um, you collect tokens of your fallen enemies for yeah, you of each kill.
2: Yeah, but I mean, sort of. That's um, so why
1: you're not allowed to play sports anymore.
2: Number four, you find your foe fascinating and you collect books and tales and history concerning it. I love reading the history of... Ducks. Yeah, duck fuck really? Yes, the conservation of ducks, the work that has gone into having ducks thrive is ridiculous. They're a migratory game bird, okay? They cross international borders. There are treaties that govern international treaties that govern when I can go out and shoot ducks and not or not, right? It's 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 fascinating. When I go to buy licenses, my licenses are dictated provincially however when i go to shoot ducks that's a federal license did you know that even without any licensing at all you can go buy a duck hunting license because everybody can because it's a federal license different provinces regulate it different ways yes i'd look at this stuff i have books about it there's a great guy aldo leopold he's an old frontiersman okay he's he's famous for this kind of shit it's fascinating this stuff speaks to me but i
0: hate it
1: You've been listening to the Duck Hunting Podcast with <laughs> Coffee Bitch Dave. Honestly, this whole thing just seems ducking quackers to me.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: Adam, God damn it! So hold on. So you haven't played a ranger because you are a ranger. In real You're life. never on the bill again.
0: Oh, you had to cough through my joke.
1: <laughs> You're never on the bill again. Fine. It's, a, it's worse on the second time. Around. It was. It was pretty bad on the first time. But I mean, yeah, But it was still worse on the second time. It's okay. It's no water off my back. So here we go. <laughs> but you know, no, like, hold on, hold on. Get down. It's a deep dive on a uh, on a duck joke, Dan. You'll get it someday when you're old. Oh, like down feathers? Yeah. How do you get down off an elephant? You don't. You get down off a duck. Ranger jokes. Posted <laughs> by Dave.
2: There's gonna oh, be like nine of the Also, have you ever like seen the no, the down of a duck? It is crazy plucking them. Plucking P L. Okay just because I know where you're going with this yeah Terry there's so much
1: have you ever plucked a pheasant (laughs) yeah (laughs) just defeated the two of them that was really fun
2: no but I'd like to (laughs) oh dad's
1: walked away (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> can we move on now <laughs> oh, please go to a
2: commercial ducks are my sworn enemy yes.
1: hello you sexy people this is Adam and I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode if you don't have Instagram or Twitter then you don't realize that we are running a giveaway right now so find the posts on Instagram or Twitter and tag two friends for every two friends that you tag you will get an entry into our contest you'll be able to ask us a question that we will devote a small episode to and we will also send you a mimic mini so please oh shit
0: nope.
1: okay so make sure that you enter the contest as quickly as possible and uh, get get as many of your friends on there as you want okay bye okay as daniel and terry would say and we're back So, before we jump into the archetypes, uh, here's a really quick breakdown of what uh, rangers get, okay? So, first of all, they do get favorite enemy. Um, I think they get a couple of them, don't they? No, they only get the one. They get a couple of natural explorers, um, which they have as well, which gives you your terrain-based stuff. You get a fighting style, archery, defense, dueling, or 2 weapon fighting. You get some up to... 5th level spells, but they're from the ranger spell list. They're divine spells, strangely. That still seems weird to me.
0: They're nature-based, just like the druid.
1: Yeah. Um, They share a lot of the same things. Yeah. Um, You get primeval awareness, so you can uh, detect if there's aberrations, celestials, dragons, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead. Um, But it doesn't actually tell you where they are or how many of them there are. Uh, You get an extra attack. What? It just annoys me that
0: your primeval awareness... Gives you the ability to find all the things that don't belong in nature, but
1: you're the guy who hunts things in nature, so you should probably have some sort of ability to find the things. Yeah, that but in me nature. as a DM, like, let's say that you can do this. You can you can smell that they're undead on the air, and me as a DM say, and the wind is is a northward, you know, gust coming. Yeah. like that. That's up to me as a DM to lead you in an exploration to go find. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so uh, you do get land stride, which means you know. You bypass all your difficult terrain that's non-magical. Uh, you also have an uh, advantage on saving throws against plants. Um, you get Hide in plain Sight, which is stupid overpowered. Um, you have Vanish, so you can use a hide action as a bonus action on your turn, and you can't be tracked by non-magical means unless you choose to leave a trail. Feral Senses, which means that you get uh, you get uh, preternatural senses that help you fight creatures that you can't see. Um... And you get Foe Slayer, which means you become an unparalleled hunter of your enemies. And so, on each of your turns, just once, you can add your wisdom modifier to an attack roll or a damage roll. So, I mean, that's that's good. Wisdom is your spellcasting um, uh, ability as yep. well. So that's that's going to have something. Wisdom is going in to be it. one of the stats you pump. You pump as a uh, ranger. So that's what you get. But now let's talk about what each one of these subclasses. Uh, have to offer, so let's grab our dice and roll because we're gonna do the three that are in Xanathar's, which are the Gloomstalker, of the Horizon Walker and the Monster Slayer. All right, just blow, just blow the load early. You do that every one of the class episodes where I'm like, oh, and then we'll do, reveal who's gonna do what. And you're just like, and I'm doing this. A- I hate you. Love you too, buddy.
2: Oh look, a sixteen. I'm going first. I feel like you were going to anyways.
1: <laughs> All right, so Dan, which one of those things that you just totally spoiled early do you have? Um, I got the Horizon Walker, um, which is. Can I ask you a question? Have right. you seen one of these in action? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've
0: I've I've actually seen two of them in action. I DM'd
1: against one of these things, and they're nutty. Yeah. Um. So Horizon
0: Walkers are uh, those who protect the natural world from the planes. Um, it's weird that this ended up on Rangers to-do list. It, it, it is weird, but I like it. Like we 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 talking about those last three those first three things there that they put in Xanathar's to give you inspiration. These three subclasses are some of the most flavorful sons of bitches oh, ever. Yeah, I I really I freaking love these things. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They now, it makes up for the weakness. It does. It really, really does. Um, So, Horizon Walkers are, of course, your, uh, they call them archetypes, fuck it, I'm just going to say Conclave. Um, They are your Ranger Conclave that you get at third level as you go in, and your entire goal as a Horizon Walker to be part of this group are uh, to uh, seek out and close or keep watch over
1: planar portals and uh, keep uh, planar influence out of the natural world. Can I just say before we go any further than that, we've spoken about planes a little bit, especially the Feywild and Mm -hmm. Shadowfell, which I think are going to be the two that you run into the most in regular D&D out in the wilderness, right? If you're going to run into a, a portal, I don't think that, just think portal, think of thin spots between realities. We've really touched on that before, and I just wanted to circle back again, and just these rangers would know that in this area, the ethereal is very close. Yep. Or in this area, when between two and three a.m., whenever there is no moon, the Feywild, uh, you know, influences this field, this this copse of trees, yep. whatever it is. Right. No, I I, I freaking love it. Right.
0: So these guys are the ones who are uh, working to preserve life and the order of the planes, and they're gonna do it in a number of ways. Right off the bat, you're getting your uh, Horizon Walker magic. Um, which are additional spells that you get to add to the ranger spell list, and every single one of these is amazing. At third level, you get protection from evil and good. At fifth level, you get misty step. At ninth level, you get haste. At 13th level, you get banishment.
1: And at 17th level, you get teleportation circle. I have to say, the most frustrating thing in the world is a ranger with fucking misty step. It is just game-breaking.
0: Um, or blink. Like, the two of them kind of work hand-in-hand. Hand, and, yeah. Do they get blink? Uh, uh, they don't get blink. They get a blink-like thing. Yeah, alright, well, keep going. <coughs> which I will get to. Um, at, so, they get to add these spells to the ranger list. They also get, at third level, the ability to detect, magically, the presence of a planar portal within a mile of you. And you know the distance and direction of it. So, if there's someone of these... Thin veils between uh, the planes. Your ranger is able to pick up. This, This is one of those things that your DM has to know that you have. It's one of the things that your DM has to know that you have. And it has to be a set piece ability. Because it is going to be one of those ones that is easily ignored. So if you don't put a little bit of a spotlight on it, it'll just get forgotten completely.
1: We said in the other ranger episode that you always have to... Rangers make you have to work closely with your DM about campaign prep. Right. Yeah. So your DM needs to know what you what terrains that you're you're good at, what your um, what your favorite enemies are, so that yeah. you can face them and so on and so forth. This is more of that. This ability also gives you uh, just a, a little thing that I, I
0: rarely see. Uh, it gives you and your DM a little hint of, hey, just go look at this spot in the Dungeon Master's Guide for examples of what planar portals look like. Right incredibly helpful go take a look at it uh, i personally like the approach where they are thin veils like we mentioned um but occasionally a portal breaking through
1: works perfectly with these guys yeah i like that as well and when your big bad evil guy rips open a portal from the hells to say he's back your ranger goes <gasps> oh shit <laughs> yeah
0: right <laughs> from you, a mile away you know where he yeah. is uh also at third level you get the ability to uh I like what it says. Draw on the energy of the multiverse to augment your attacks. That is that is bullshit nonsense. So as a bonus action, what you get to do, uh, you choose a creature you see within thirty feet of you, and whenever you hit, uh, sorry, the next time you hit that creature with a weapon attack, all damage dealt is force, and it takes an extra D8 force damage from that attack. When you reach eleventh level in this class, the extra damage equals to two D8. So, as a bonus action, uh, by the way, there's no limit to the amount of times you do this in a day. No, but it's it's once per turn, right? Yeah, once per turn as a bonus action. You can choose to say the next time you hit, you're going to do an extra 2d8 and it's force damage, which is one of the least resisted damages out there.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's going to be mitigated by the fact that you are going to spend your bonus action as a ranger on Zephyr's Strike and Hunter's Mark. A lot, yeah. So, as much as this is powerful, it's not going to be every single round, yeah. Um, they have a lot of bonus action stuff, that's the one mitigating thing
0: here. Um, at seventh level, we get the ethereal step, uh, which as a bonus action, you cast etherealness on yourself, and it is uh, it only lasts for uh, the end of the current turn and then you, it regens on a short or a long rest. The, so th- what a hold thi- on,
1: hold on. The thing you missed is you do not expend a spell slot for this. No. You cast Etherealness as a bonus action fucking at will.
0: Yep. Um, now, what that will let you do is that basically just lets you move throughout the Ethereal Plane. Um, effects that are present and objects that are present in the uh, Material Plane won't affect you. Um, so you could kind of just move yourself around. You don't get an additional movement speed or anything, but you can move yourself around as a bonus action with relative ease, with no care in the world. If you do manage to pop back into the material plane, um, where an object would block you, you are just shunted over to the next, uh, the next closest available unoccupied space. So, uh, etherealness is a great spell, um... But it being limited to your character movement basically just means your character moves with impunity across the battlefield. Um, This is uh, taking
1: disengage on crack
0: is what this ability is.
1: I want to go back to the um, ethereal step. Yeah. For just a moment here. Because I just looked up Hunter's Mark to catch the wording. Expecting it to say, you know, you know where your prey is as long as you're on the same plane as it. Yeah. No, that doesn't exist. Hunter's Mark. If you cast it first and then do this, your Hunter's Mark stays, which is incredibly powerful. Again, the thing about I, I've seen um, Ethereal Step in action, and it defeated me as a DM for a long time. When when one of my players picked up this uh, this specific feature, it was incredibly difficult for me to keep up with because she was a powerhouse. With the extra attacks and the force damage being done, the ability to misty step and move around, there was no way to pin her down. Your ranger will be the last person standing in the party even longer than the cleric. Because yeah. of this. Even I mean, longer they, than the barbarian.
0: They do this. mitigate this with uh it you are back in this realm at the end of this current turn. Not this round, this turn. So it's only for that movement that you have. Right? You're spending your this, you only get the movement, and then you're back in the material plane. It does not last a long time. However, at 11th level, you get Distance Strike. And what Distance Strike lets you do is, um, when you take the attack action, you teleport up to 10 feet before uh, each attack to an unoccupied space you can see. If you attack two different creatures with that action, you can make one additional attack
1: with it against a third creature. See, this Misty Step, Ethereal Step, there's so much going on. Like, they're impossible. At level 11, they
0: are 100% impossible to hit, pinned down. You cannot tie them up. The only way to take take out a Horizon Walker is to blow them up.
1: Yeah, because, like, and I want to say this again, when you're in the Ethereal Plane and whatnot, anti-magic fields don't affect you. No. You can walk, you can cast Etherealists, walk into the anti-magic field or where it is. Uh, on the ethereal plane, and then pop back into existence in the anti-magic field. You can bust through force fields. You can, like... You can th- walk through walls. You can walk through Lehman's tiny hut. Yep. It is ridiculous, the shit that you can do with this. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, at 15th level, you get spectral defense. Um, this is uh, going to be your last ability here. Um, you get the ability to move between planes. Uh, uh, sorry. At fifteenth level, you get the uh, your ability to move between planes enables you to slip through planar boundaries. Um, basically, when you want uh, when you take damage from an attack, you can use your reaction to give yourself resistance to that attack's damage. But just on the rest of this turn. Uh, well, just for that attack specifically, that attack. So if you got attacked by f- two guys swinging swords. And you give yourself resistance on one of them, you don't have resistance on
1: the next one, even though they're the exact same sword. You know, this is gonna be incredibly useful for some of the more weird bullshit damage things, like when Disintegrate hits you, and you know, if it's a certain amount of, yep. da- of damage, then you're you're able to mitigate it. Like, even even Finger of Death, right? Like, there's a lot of high-powered stuff, Meteor Swarm. Is the one thing, thing about this that I, I I am stunned
0: at is this is a straight up at will, as long as you have your reaction, you could do this. There's no limit to the amount of times a day you could do this ability, right? So your Disintegrate, your big bad who throws that one big spell, well, now my guy's got resistance to it because I just decided to.
1: Yeah, even even legendary creatures have legendary resistances three times a day. That's mm-hmm. it. Right? This just leans even further into the idea of A power creep and B players being the superheroes of the D&D world. Now, also,
0: the wording of this is after you've been hit by the attack. So, you don't have to declare you're doing this until your DM has rolled damage, which means if you are rolling your or if you're succeeding on saves and stuff like that, you don't need to worry about this. Also, if you succeed on a Dex save and decide you have resistance for that spell, that spell's now doing a quarter damage to you.
1: It 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 adds up quick. This this is ridiculous. This becomes the impossible to kill character. And I'm gonna go out of my way as a DM to fuck with this character about every third combat. Well, one of the ways that you
0: did uh this that I saw at the table was you made the Ethereal plane fucking
1: scary. Right. Oh, there's it's populated. There's shit in there, don't go right? there.
0: So the ethereal plane is not like, yes, it's a transitive plane, but that doesn't mean that it is an empty plane, right? So, uh, and you did this with more than just creatures and other things there, like spirits occupy the ethereal plane, but also the ethereal plane amplifies tears in reality. This guy's all about portals. Guess where you're going to put some of the worst portals? In the Ethereal Plane. Yeah, one
1: of the things that I did as well is that every portal... When you're in the Ethereal Plane, every portal looks like a glowing white door. Right? And some of those doors... Some of those archways do not have doors. And they're permanently open. Um, Gods automatically scry into the Ethereal Plane. When you're in there, every god knows what you're doing. There are some things that are... like. Sure, you can do this whenever you want, but it is freaking scary. Now, I was trying to lock down the ethereal plane for a few reasons in my own campaign, like yeah. story reasons. But I, I just reskinned a bunch of the weird shadowfell and and fiend options and mort and just be shadow creatures, right? So that's I like I like the ethereal plane, but I really wanted it to be more of the upside down.
0: Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Yeah, it really should be. I agree with you, Adam. You're next. What you got for us?
1: I got my personal favorite ranger archetype of all time. I'm so stoked about this. I played it to great effect <laughs> in a low-level campaign. Yeah, you did. Uh, Brad is going to have PTSD listening to this because I murdered his fucking character with one of these guys. That is the Gloomstalker. And I love it. Gloomstalkers are the uh, edgiest of ranger <laughs> edgelords. They yeah. they are just absolutely like, I stick to the shadows and the shadows are my best friend. I was born in the dark. Right, that is, that is what these guys are. So, um, Most folk enter such places with trepidation, but a gloomstalker ventures boldly into the darkness, seeking to ambush threats before they can reach the broader world. I'm going to tell you this before I say anything else. Stack this with an assassin. Get yep. multi-class into an assassin with this, and for fuck's sakes, let me go through it. First and foremost... You get three things at third level again. I really like that for rangers. Mm -hmm. A lot of things get two things at third level um, in the player's handbook. The three at third level makes you feel a little bit more sitting, like you're sitting in your niche better. Um, So you get Gloomstalker magic because, I mean, if Horizon Walkers get it, so will the Gloomstalker. You can at third level disguise self. At fifth level, you get rope trick. At ninth level, you get fear At 13th, you get greater invisibility, and I will explain why that doesn't fucking matter in a minute. Yeah. Uh, And 17th, you get seeming. That's just overpowered and bullshit crazy right from the beginning. Again, um, these just become part of your ranger spell list. So, uh, Dread Ambusher is the next thing at third level, which means you are just badass at ambushing things. You give yourself a bonus to your initiative rolls equal to your wisdom modifier. And at the start of your first turn of each combat, you uh, your movement well your walking movement not flying or anything but your walking movement increases by ten feet, which lasts till the end of that turn. And if you take the attack action on that turn, you make one additional weapon attack as part of that action. And so at third level, you get two attacks. You're one of the only one the only things that can do. Yep. you and monks probably. Right. Well, with fury, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Or flurry. Oh, it could be a Furious Flurry or a Flurious Fury. Um and then uh but you actually if you hit they take one D8 of that um weapon's damage type on top of what you're already doing. So you just out of nowhere you hit with this, you stack that with the assassinate thing, <laughs> right? You're just laughing with your sneak attack, assassinate, and this. And because you have the bonus to initiative, which you'll get from both classes, right? It's crazy. So anyway. Uh, you also get umbral sight You gain dark vision out to a range of 60 feet And if you already got it You just gain an additional 30 So you can see in the dark But you are also And this is my favorite thing You are adept at evading creatures that rely on dark vision While in darkness you are invisible To any creature that relies on dark vision To see you in the darkness That right there That right there just means that you were the sneakiest sneak That ever sneaked Yep. You got Dark Vision? So what? Yeah, and considering that you get all sorts of crazy shit, like uh, you can't be tracked by non magical means in, in the base Ranger class, like, you are just a ghost. Mm-hmm. At seventh level, you get Iron Mind, which essentially just gives you proficiency in wisdom saving throws. If you're already proficient in it, you just choose intelligence or charisma instead. Um, you get at eleventh level, uh, Stalker's Flurry which means that you learn to attack with such an unexpected speed that you can turn a miss into another strike. <laughs> so off. if you miss, you get to make another weapon attack as part of the same action. Ridiculous. That's on once once on each of your turns. So you essentially get to try again. Uh, on the 15th, uh, 15th level, you get shadowy dodge, which means you can dodge in unforeseen ways with wisps of supernatural shadow around you whenever someone makes an attack roll against you and does not have advantage on the roll. Now, keep in mind, you're probably fucking invisible by this point because you get great invisibility two levels ago and you have this crazy umbral sight nonsense, right? So if they don't have advantage on the roll, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on it to make it even harder to be hit. But you have to use it before you know the outcome of the attack roll. Yeah, okay. So like they can roll dice, but before you know, you've gotta you've gotta declare this. This is another thing that makes rangers incredibly hard to hit. When I played the Gloomstalker, Charm Dime Sure, he was a halfling. He would sit on the outskirts of whatever combat it was and find a shadowy dark place to hide in and just pepper things from a distance. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that's all he did. He sat as far away as possible, and was just casting magic, and nobody knew where it was coming from. Or he was shooting from a distance, and nobody knew where it was coming from. He would turn a corner and just like disappear into the shadows. This guy was he outroged rogues easily, and it's weird that Scout is a rogue and this is a ranger. I like it for ranger, but again, I I. I'm trying to remember which which episode I said it on. There are some classes that I think are just holdovers. They don't need to exist. We could take all of these subclasses and just put them on other ones. Mm-hmm. This really feels like it could be a rogue or, fuck, even a monk. Like, we have shadow monks and stuff, right? Like, yep. why not this? So I like it for the ranger. It's a lot of fun, and with the ranged stuff that you can do, it's crazy. But I don't know. I don't know why the rangers are not just subclasses of fighter.
0: Uh, Okay. Yeah. No. The the under support of the class.
1: I would agree with you on that. Like they they really they should just be fighters. But, but when you get into the subclasses, some of them need to go in other places. And this, I think, this one, I think, is very roguey. And I really like it. I like it because it's not the rogue that steals. I like it because it is super um, different from everything else on the battlefield. I personally hate the Gloomstalker. Because you had but, to DM against it? Well, not only because I had to DM against it, but
0: yes. But it... it, it You said, like, the Horizon Locker kind of broke you as a DM. The Gloomstalker broke me as a DM. Because I have never had more uh, you-could-do-pardon moments as a DM than with you as your Gloomstalker. To be fair... Because add on top spells, add on top all these other fucking little abilities that they have. Like, everything just... It feels so rogue, it was
1: weird coming from a ranger. To be fair... I was the only person at the table that had more than two years of experience, let alone ten. Yeah. And most of the other people at that at that very large table were total novices, and I was running around just fucking shit up, and and sitting yeah. on the sitting on the outskirts, trying not to run every session. Yep. So it was fun for me to to stay in the distance and and do my own thing. Let let them figure out how their powers work. I will be eighty feet that way. Just picking off the guys that you don't realize are trying to flank you. Yeah. Right. And so it was it was me countering Dan. A lot of times it was chess.
0: Yeah. Right. And so and and I and I was losing as
1: the DM quite often. And uh, until you and I decided to team up and make my character accidentally secretly evil. Yep. And possess him with an elder god who then betrayed the party and murdered how many of them? Three. Uh Directly to one of them was just kind of fallout. Like That's I don't, true. I don't think you meant to kill the last one. Six, but no, I mean, no, no. Seven characters entered, three characters left, and one of them was me. Yeah, but I also took the NPC with me. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, that that yeah, that that was a- that session goes down in infamy. I still hear about it consistently from that party. Like I can't talk to any of that group except for Dan and Brad. The rest of them just. They just don't like me anymore because of this. I don't think that's true. You don't see the hate mail I get.
0: No, but I see the hate mail I get. David- Anyways, Dave, what you got for us?
2: The reason you get hate mail is because you interrupt people when they're trying to go, Dan. Is it my turn now? I can go? You're not going to go, again.
1: Is that why you've been sitting there quietly? I do not want to be interrupted. For yeah. the last, like, ten <coughs> minutes? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there uh, go. Yeah, you've got to learn to just talk over Dan because he will just interrupt you with coughing. All right,
2: so I got the Monster Slayer, which
1: is the the most badass. name, Gloomstalker, is just a little bit too emo. Well, funny. I have a question: but Is I, it the Monster
0: Slayer or the Monster's Lair?
2: No, that's where you go to kill the monster. Yeah, that you go the, to the
0: Monster's Lair. Well, no, no, to, because the Monster's Lair is the bard, right?
1: What the Lair of Monsters? Well, he he sets them down for bed. Yes. And tucks him in reads him a bedtime story because he's a bard? Yeah, yeah. This is a rated G podcast, Dan. You need to calm your is tits. Is it? No. It, it, you just told me to calm my tits. No, what? it's not. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways,
0: continue on with your not a bard. Uh,
2: I feel like every character in D&D is a monster slayer. Uh, I, I It's an unoriginal name.
1: Yeah, but I still <laughs> like... It's It's still more badass than Gloomstalker or Horizon Walker. I like it because, in my head, it's Slayer the Band.
2: Okay. It's just like yeah. a bunch of monsters, like, jamming out.
1: Yeah. Blood mon- mon- raining down on them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of guar. My, yeah. nah, my, my... The reason why
0: I don't like it is because there's a fighter subclass called the Monster Hunter. Huh?
2: Well, I mean, hunting huh? and slaying is not the same thing. Well, there's no. There's
1: also Beast Master and Battle Master. Those ones always baffle me. Yeah. I get them backwards when I'm ranting. So... <laughs>
2: But uh the monster slayer they're the character that kind of comes out they seek out like vampires, dragons fiends that kind of stuff
1: oh they're out there for the big bads uh y- yeah uh, they use Truffle supernatural interface. techniques to you know kind of but my point is they're not hunting Mike Onids
2: no they're going after worthwhile foes
0: yeah what did
1: okay. Mike ever do to them what did Mike Onids ever do to them okay stop interrupting poor Dave hashtag justice for Dave Justice for Dave.
2: So they, like the other two, also have three third-level uh, subclass feature. Archetype features? Is that where we're going with them? Uh,
1: subclass features.
2: Yeah. Uh, so they get Monster Slayer Magic, Hunter Sense, and Slayer's Prey. What are these? Uh, so, uh, I mean, Monster Slayer Magic, I mean, you've got Horizon Walker Magic and Gloomstalker Magic. It's right in the name magic that's particular. Uh, this one in particular gets protection from evil and good at third level.
1: I want that to be a sound clip. It's uh, it's magic that's particular. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Pert happily. <laughs> uh, at fifth
2: level they get Zone of Truth, ninth level Magic Circle, thirteenth Banishment and seventeenth Hold Monster. None of these seemed that inspiring to me.
1: Hold on, go through that list again because I was Protection Make, from evil sexy and good. Eyes at Dan, yeah. Zone of truth at fifth. Zone of truth is more powerful than I ever wanted to be, but continue as a but, DM. But it's that not
2: applicable me. in every.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know, like when it works, it's great. But the amount of times that you're going to use it, yeah, it's uh, ninth level magic circle.
1: Yeah. Uh, magic circle is fucking pain in the ass. Do you it know is. magic circle? No. All right, so hold on. I'm gonna break this down because you're not wild about it. And to be fair, it's an uninspired name. While you look that up, I just want to briefly discuss the
0: hashtag #JusticeForDave, which is an established hashtag. I just looked it up. Uh oh. Um, you would be joining forces with uh, Dave.
1: Yes, we who, figured who, that shit out. There. Who is
0: fuck? Who is a boxer that apparently a small group of people on the internet are really upset didn't win best of show one year. Th-
2: oh, like a, a dog boxer.
0: Yeah. Oh, I oh. thought you meant like, like a, a fucking like a
2: dog. Like, oh, you, th- you thought you meant like a Porsche boxer? Yes. Because it's a boxster. Right. Right?
1: Yeah. No one on this podcast or any of our listeners understands cars, Dave. Know your audience. Fuck. It's nerds. Anyway, so, magic circle. You create a 10-foot radius. Dave, stop diddling, Dan. You create a 10-foot... We're looking foot- at dogs together.
0: Yeah, is that Dave? Yeah, that's yeah, Dave. He's
1: handsome, just like every other Dave. I think, I think we should reappropriate this this hashtag. Yep. Justice for Dave. Justice for Dave. So, uh, Magic Circle, it's a third level spell. Uh, it takes a minute to cast.
0: It takes time to draw a circle.
1: Yeah, uh, and it lasts for an hour. You create a 10-foot radius, 20-foot tall cylinder of magical energy centered on a point on the ground that you can see within range. Glowing runes appear, blah, blah, blah. Choose one or more of the following types of creatures. Celestials, Elementals, Fey, Fiends, or Undead. Okay, so I'll do that again. Celestials, Elementals, Fey, Fiends, or Undead. Short of dragons, those are your big bads. Yep. Yeah. The creature can't willingly enter the circle by non-magical means. If the creature tries to use a teleportation or interplanar travel to do so, it must first succeed on a charisma saving throw. The creature has disadvantage on attack rolls against targets within the cylinder. Targets within the cylinder can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by the creature. And when you cast a spell, you can elect to cause its magic to operate in the reverse direction, preventing a creature of the specified type from leaving the circle and protecting uh, targets outside it. You know, the, um, the in Supernatural, they surround themselves with salt? Yeah. That's what this is, in a big way. And Dan used it to great effect to thwart my, like, eight fucking vampires I hit him with eight vampires, which is like CR 13 or 15 or something. And it was just such a one-sided battle that he was supposed to lose. And you guys almost just waltzed right out of that. You killed like four of them. I mean, you you killed my character's daughter. Yeah, but I had to wait for you to leave the circle. It was not a damn thing I could do because they didn't have ranged attacks. Right? You do this with the horde of zombies. Mm Mm-hmm. They can't willingly get at you, and they don't have range. You sit inside, and it lasts for an hour. And that last ten minutes of that hour, you cast it again. Right? So you can chain this for a while. This thing is almost as good as Lehman's Tiny Hut. So Magic Circle is actually pretty damn powerful, and it makes a lot of sense for this kind of thing. It makes how, tons how of sense. How long does it last? An hour.
2: An hour? Okay.
1: Yeah. You get a short rest. Yeah, that's useful. You get six catnaps. <sighs> Uh, You can only do one a day. Not if you have six different people in the party that can cast it. I think you can only benefit from the spell or its spell like effect once. It's in Xanathar's, right? Yeah. I will look that shit up. Anyways, continue, Dave. So now that I'm not being interrupted again. Calm down. uh,
2: The other two after Magic Circle were Banishment at 13th level and Hold Monster at 17th. Those can be useful. Again. Yeah. That's good. Um. The other thing you get at third level is Hunter's Sense, which you gain the ability to peer to a creature and magically discern how best to hurt it. Uh, if it's within 60 feet of you, you immediately learn what it is immune to and what will hurt it more. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good, mm-hmm. right?
1: Sidebar, you're right about catnap. Uh,
2: if the creature is hidden from divination magic, you can sense that it has no damage, immunities, resistances, or vulnerabilities which I kind of like that
1: yeah. yeah, I wish there were more vulnerabilities, and you know what? The next time that I DM, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start, the next time I build a world, Yeah, I'm going to start inherently adding vulnerabilities to be discovered. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah fair enough. Uh, the, the other thing I liked about the 100 cents is you can use this a number of times a day equal to your wisdom modifier, minimum of one. So you're not using this on everything you come across which I like, because mm-hmm. those are the kind of mechanics I find can really bog a game down, slow them down. You you use it when you need it, when you come across yeah. that one thing. Yeah. Uh, other than that, you get Slayer's Prey at uh, third level. Uh, this is just a bonus action. You designate a creature within 60 feet, and when you hit it, your first attack that round does an extra D6 damage. Wow. Uh, and that continues on to the next round afterwards. So you designate that... Target.
0: You just
1: do an extra D6 versus that thing.
0: On the first attack. On the first attack that hits or the
1: first attack? When you target the creature with a weapon attack, it takes an extra 1 D6 damage from that weapon. It's the first time on each turn.
2: That you hit it with a weapon attack. And
1: it lasts until you finish a rest. Yes. So if that guy runs, you can hunt him. That's awesome. This, I think what Dave is is Mm. telling us right now is you're building Van Helsing.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the picture of the monster sl- uh, slayer. Yep. Um, not has, has some pretty heavy Van Helsing vibes with her.
2: Oh yeah, hunting vampires. Like it says. it
1: yeah, re- she's like, like, like it's right there. She is a a blonde dwarf. Of course, I get the same feel. No, she, no, she's not. Yeah. Continue.
2: Uh, the other thing I liked about it is uh, you can use it as a bonus action. And uh, it ends if you target a new creature. So you can kind of pick one guy over here and then the next guy. You don't have any maximum amount of times you can use it in a day. You just continue to use it as a bonus action. That's cool. wonderful. Yep. Right. Uh, at 7th level, you gain Supernatural Defense. Okay? So essentially this just gives you... Um, Extra resilient when... you. Know, oh,
1: I thought it meant that you didn't have to watch seasons 8 through 10 of Supernatural.
2: What was it 7 that was the worst with the Leviathans?
1: I liked the Leviathan until you realized uh, what
2: they
0: were uh, like. 6 and 7 were trash. 8 started picking it back up. It was still eight, garbage. Eight, and nine, 9 and 10 actually uh, were pretty
1: decent. No, no, no. No, 8 and 9 were all the tablet shit. And I had no time for that nonsense. 9 wasn't tablet. Nine Tablet.
2: Have you guys seen The Boys, the Amazon. Yes. No,
1: no, 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 no. Say nothing. That's what I'm doing this weekend. It
2: has nothing to do with the plot. It's just a neat little Easter egg. Are you all right with that? You're
1: going to fuck my world. Okay. No, plug your ears. To be fair, I've read the comics in their entirety. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. Okay.
2: So uh, in the last episode of the season, so you have to wait a long time to see it, at the beginning they're talking to a character. And on Amazon Prime you can pause it and it shows you... um, with uh, well, the Tribute actor... and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah shows you yeah, the yeah. actor yeah. and then the character that they're playing. And I pause it at this point. The character's just in it for like 10 seconds. It's not very much. Just a little bit part. And I pause it and it comes up. Actor's name, Jim Beaver. Nice. Character name, Robert oh. Singer.
1: Nice. So, there's a crossover. There's there. a crossover. All right. Uh, oh, his
0: character's name's Ro- Ro- Robert,
2: uh, Robert Singer. Singer it there? doesn't come up at all. He's in it for 10 seconds. It's a throwaway but it's the same character.
1: I also choose to believe that he was the same character in Breaking Bad because he does pop up for, like, a scene in Breaking Bad. Yeah. In one yep. of the later seasons, so.
2: So, yeah. Oh, the, the I, I 100% had canon oh, now, yeah. yeah. It, it was just, like, the beginning of the episode before the credits rolled. It was just a little throwaway nothing. I just, the last episode ended, Second one, the next one was about to go, and I was like, you know, I need to go get a drink for a second. Pause. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, God it's Bobby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Right? Cool. cool. Right? Yep. All, all right. right. Continue.
2: Uh, so, supernatural defense. Uh, essentially, if you have to make a saving throw, uh, you get to add a d6 to it. Okay. That's it, right? Pretty basic, pretty straightforward. So yeah. It's all right.
1: But if you're hanging out with a paladin, you're laughing. hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, well, yeah.
2: Especially if it's, you know, reasonable charisma, which paladins should be. At 11th level, you just trying to interrupt me. No, Pause no, that I, day, aren't I, you. No, see, I paused and you did it. <coughs> see? I'm starting to get the hang. You of this. need to
1: calm your tits too. Just hits for for Dave. Hashtag just hits for Dave. Hold <laughs> I, I, hope, hope I this one. I, I hope just hits Just just oh just much. now you're getting an Instagram. <laughs> oh damn. It's just gonna be I, Dan without a shirt on over and over again. <laughs>
2: Uh, So you can, at 11th level, you get magic user's nemesis. You gain the ability to thwart someone else's magic. Uh, When there's a creature within 60 feet of you, you can use a reaction to try to magically foil its magic, which basically just makes it fail.
1: Um, oh whoa really how, how does that mechanic work so the, the creature, like a better than the, the creature
2: must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save dc or its spell or, or it also affects teleporting as well uh the spell or the teleport fails and is wasted
1: so it's counter spell
2: uh, essentially counter teleport which i thought was kind of a nice
1: that's really helpful for a lot of the like demons and then devils that are just going to like Bamf out, and it's a wisdom save DC. That's going to be a low
0: DC, like a low save for a lot of different spell users.
2: Yeah, tries to teleport. No, but I'm a fucking human.
0: <laughs>
2: I think
1: I think that was our first dogma. Yeah. reference on the on the show. Was <laughs> um, a strange one. To, yeah. yeah, it's weird that we came up with two two different um, shows that have a have a character named Metatron.
2: The voice of the one true God.
1: <laughs> you have to stop mumbling that shit, Dave. No. All right, continue. Uh,
2: yeah, you can use it, Use this feature once uh, per long or short rest. So you get it back if you short rest or long rest.
0: I, I like that you only get it once. I would be so mad if this stupid monster slayer ranger was just all like, Oh, you're a caster?
1: No. Mm-hmm. And like shut them down. I, I like this because this <laughs> this uh, is going to completely fuck up your wizard in the player versus player battle. Yep.
2: Yep. And, but, I mean, it's right in the, the description of Monster Slayer. He's targeting, you know, magical threats, right? So, it's, yep. it's perfect.
1: Uh, and, sorry, what are the different ones, again, that, that you can target? Because it's not like plants and oozes. It's undead. Uh,
2: vampires, dragons, evil fey, fiends, and other magical threats.
1: Okay, so, but no, wasn't there one about uh, a sense div- that you got? A uh, hunter's sense? Yeah, where you can just automatically know, what what are those?
2: Uh, the, you would know the immunities, resistances, and vulnerabilities.
1: Okay, so it really could be a humanoid then, right? Yep. The, the, yeah. the, a lot of the stuff is like you, Celestials, Fiends, Fae, and, and so on and so forth, right? So, well, is not man the greatest of the monsters? No. No.
0: No. Okay. Continue.
2: At 15th level, you get Slayer's Counter. Okay. Uh, so Slayer's Counter is you have the ability to counterattack when your prey tries to sabotage you. If they force you to make a saving throw, you immediately, before making the save, get to attack them. If your attack hits, you automatically succeed on the save.
0: How many times a day can you do this shit? It's probably once. Once.
2: It just n- doesn't save. As
0: your reaction? Uh,
2: t- 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 Yeah. Yes, you can use your reaction to
0: make one weapon attack
2: against <laughs> your quarry.
0: And you automatically succeed if you hit them
1: with the weapon.
2: Yeah, you make this immediately before making the saving throw. If it hits, your save automatically succeeds in addition to the attack's normal effect.
1: Fuck. I love the idea of there being the spell cast or whatever it is that is going to force you to, like... Make an intelligence save, which you're not going to have fucking no. points into, right? So you so, shoot so a, him in the throat. To so the, stop the it. DM is just like, okay, the fragile wizard raises his hand, make an intelligence save. He's like, hold on, I'm going to shoot him in the eyeball. And you hit, and it drops him below zero hit points, and you just fucking end it. You're just like, I win. I will not make that save, motherfucker. Right? Like, I just, I love that idea.
2: <laughs> make a saving throw. Actually no. (laughs) What's your AC? Actually, what's your AC,
0: there, wizard? (laughs) But
2: you know that's great.
0: At at fifteenth level, like as a ranger, you have uh, plus fifteen to hit a wizard. Well, I mean, with the other
2: two classes we covered, I mean, you get an ability. Oh, sorry. I was looking at spells. You get spells at 17th level. Where this one... I, yeah, okay. I was looking... At well, no, level.
0: no. I mean, you get what? an ability at 15th level for all of
1: them. I, 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 this one is awesome. Yeah, this I one's great. I love this ability.
2: Yeah, no, it's 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 wonderful.
1: I like every single one of these subclasses. Yep, me too. And it more than makes up for the lacking nature of the ranger. The And remember, the ranger is not a bad class. It was the subclasses, the hunter and the beastmaster, that were kind of wont womp, womp. Yeah. Right? Um... And so, and the flavor at the beginning is this finally, finally, the Ranger is, is worthwhile and useful. Yeah. However, are they unbalanced? I'd say are they, they sh- overshot. I don't
0: say they're OP. I think they overshot just a little. Because normal Ranger is such an exploration focused class. This brings a little bit of combat into it.
1: This brings them. a fuck ton no, of combat Well, into I think them.
2: these, like all three of these, are very, very specific. If you take them out of their element, they're going to have a hard time
0: keeping up with it. Okay, yeah, so, but their elements are shadows. Yeah, the planes which you're on one, and anywhere there's a monster, you're playing
1: D and D. Well, a lot of it is specifically that monster there. Sure,
0: but like
2: I, I, I get what okay, you're saying. Okay, but like here. Slayer's counter, like that—that that only works if they can do something that makes you do a saving throw. By the which, by, the
1: time you're 15th level, that's all they're doing. They're not trying to hit your AC anymore. There are very few monsters that are trying to hit your AC um, because they all have spells or a special layer ability or something that'll fuck you up by 15th level. Yeah, that's fair. Right. But I I don't know how much um, time you spent in Tier 4, but I just lived in it for like six months trying to DM it, and everything is save, 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 save. Yeah. Right, so that's... Pro tip, don't give your players legendary actions. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so... Um, let's jump to a, uh, a shout out real quick because everyone wants to hear more of Dan's voice. This week's shout-out is for
0: SW Gaming Society, the Southwest Gaming Society, at southwestgamingsociety.com or on Instagram at swgamingsociety. This is a group of streamers and Dungeons & Dragons fans who stream actual play games on Wednesday nights with the Crit Chicks as
1: well as many other streams throughout the week. Check them out at
0: swgamingsociety.com.
1: Okay, gentlemen, so we've gotten to the end of another class episode. The last thing that I want to do is roll initiative to see what our unique builds are for each one of these uh so i want a uh a race to go with your own subclass that you covered and i hope not necessarily a background but something unique flavorful or or something about it so um let's uh grab our dice and roll in the box dan I got a 3.
0: <coughs> I got a 10. I got a 17. After you, Dave. What Are you,
2: you sure? For I don't mind. Yeah. No, no, it's all
1: you. All right. Hashtag just hits for Dave.
2: All right, so the one I was going to go with was a Kalishtar Horizon Walker. I think this is great. I think you could throw them in to hunt down uh, one of the big monstrosities that we've covered actually before the the astral dreadnought oh yeah i think that you get maybe a couple of horizon walkers together to go up against
1: i like that you're calling back your own episodes at this point because you were on the eberron and the astral sea yeah yeah it's perfect astral sea no no no, you were uh, uh, what that means is now that we've covered those topics we never have
0: to have dave back Right. True.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you take the, the Horizon Walker, the Kalishtar, and, and the Astral Dreadnought, and you put them in Eberron, um, you might have a Barbarian come by as well. And then I've covered all the episodes I've done recently. Exactly, though.
1: yeah. But you have to find out about the Warlock patrons.
2: Right, and... You then know, shoot, and
1: then shoot Megan in the face.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Naturally, perhaps halfway through, you could have someone arrive with a bail bag of holding to... Yeah. You know, ask some questions to the guy.
1: Hashtag and for, for Megan. Well, just no, 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 no. She had coming. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> so so you like the idea of of the Kalashar who's all of it. Now they're one of the races. For those of you that don't know, they're one of the races from Eberron.
2: Yeah, I like the idea of the Horizon Walker, not just protecting his the Horizon of his plane, but going into other planes to seek out other threats.
0: So, Dave, can you explain to us real quick, what is a Kalishtar?
2: It's a dream creature.
0: Yeah. They're like... They they are a humanoid race that is based
1: out of the plane of dreams. No, right? not quite. They're infected by creatures from... By by spirits from the plane of dreams. And so, they've, they're they almost got... Uh, they're like dual-souled, dual-minded. Okay. Um, so, they kind of... Um, they're very pale and they're almost like super elves in a lot of ways as far as like that they're kind of distant they're kind of um they hold themselves separate from the rest of the intelligent races and they've got a lot of psychic stuff to them so it makes it a lot of sense that they use
2: horizon walker yeah
1: yeah and, but i love the idea of of swapping from the ethereal plane to the astral plane and back mm-hmm. or vice versa right like mm-hmm. there's some interesting interesting things that you can do and i think that for uh horizon walker getting eaten by an astral dreadnought has got to be one of the most frightening things ever because you can't plane shift out
2: now i wonder if if you were there going ethereal could you completely nullify its silver cord cutting ability
1: it depends if you're there Uh, ah if you are projecting yourself in can you go ethereal there i would say yes you you can have that, your you can have your uh, I'm sorry, you can have your astral projection move to the ethereal plane from the astral sea. Yes, I would let you do it
0: purely because the astral sea is that space in between all of the planes, and the ethereal plane is a transitive plane that is there for travel. So they're both the they're the two transitive planes.
1: Yeah. That,
0: that I I I would let you jump between one and one or the other with keeping
1: in room. mind that you can only stay in the ethereal plane for very short periods of time, yeah. but Ah oh shit, and something in the ethereal plane grabs a hold of you and, and comes back to the astral <laughs> see. Oh. There's uh, so much you could do with this. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, no I, I, like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, I yeah. also like the idea, like
0: let's let's remove making it a Kalistar and uh Make it a Warforged?
1: God damn it, Dave! God damn it,
0: Dave! No, not that. I mean, having some sort of mechanical way that put like uh, shunts you into the uh, ethereal plane and then shunts you back. Whenever I think of uh, Warforge, I want to have all of their abilities have like a mechanical, uh, like they're trigger not to them. robots. I know they're not robots, but they're they're fucking robots. Anyway, so what I would do is have Genasu. constructs. Dan. Constructs. Yeah, they're they're robots who No. <laughs> just just no. No! Have have this guy be a Janassi. Make him from another plane of some sort. Have this guy be a uh, Tiefling or a Asmar? Some other flavor of the planes fits very well with the Horizon Walker. Um, something from the Feywild. Something from the Feywild.
1: The right? only, like, uh, no, only, make him a gnome. The only one that's inherently from the Feywild, the only playable race is a Ladrin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it fits for this. It fits so well. Yep. Right? So, yeah, man, I, I love that idea. Uh, I think I'm next. You are. Right? Are you sure? He interrupts people sometimes.
1: You have not been listening to the podcast if you think that we don't fucking interrupt people on this. that that That's Terry's whole gimmick. It's Dan's whole gimmick. I wait patiently for my turn. Continue, Bull Dan. Bullshit. Continue,
0: please. Oh. <sighs> You fucking taking the goddamn high road, and everyone knows you're on the lowest of the fucking roads. <laughs> Anyways, um, I love the Monster Slayer. I love the uh, the the single-minded, like targeted nature of them. It makes me feel like the three point five Rangers of yore are back. Um, when I play a Monster Slayer, so the thing I want to do with the Monster Slayer, who is, you know, everything I look for when I play a Ranger. I want to play that either dwarven or human. I don't care what race this guy is, but he is a um like tried and true veteran adventurer. Right? In every way, shape, or form. This is the guy who is uh his entire goal in life is to set up a um, a hunter's guild, or or something like that, where you know he just is a a bit of a trophy
1: hunter, just with like evil, big like, bad evil. Again, guys. I'm coming back to supernatural in this. That's the where I was too. Yeah,
2: yeah, coming back to like getting the 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 network all across the country. Yeah, yeah. Man,
0: uh, men of letters, right? Like, yeah. yeah, like that's what this guy is. I fucking he, hated season nine. And 10 he he's the... he's setting it up. He's he's running it. He's got a little bit of Van Helsing in him. He, like, I'd even uh, I know it's technically third party but i throw a little bit of blood hunter in with this guy as well just for the or an alc or an alchemist artificer kind character just for that added little bit of flavor to him um as a straight up unabashed dyed in the wool read like he is the cover and the inside of the book like he is everything you need just adventurer like, the, to me, this is the iconic. This is the guy I want to play more than anything else right now. Is uh specifically a dwarven for me. I want
1: to play a dwarven play monster slayer. someone tall. Just a... What, you're what, getting what? better. You're in medium, but tall, Dan. Play a tall fucking race. I'm for, tall every day of my life. I'm allowed to play something short.
2: Why, why dwarf?
1: Why dwarf? Yeah.
0: Um, monster slayers have this... Uh, To me, they have this kind of... Uh, narrative of being committed and driven and disciplined and forward and all that other stuff and nothing speaks to that more than a dwarf in my mind they're the ones who are like oh we're we're hunting a, a vampire now okay well here's all the information I have on vampires I'm going to share that with everybody and we're going to do this vampire thing oh you want to go shopping fuck no we're getting what we need to go Kill a vampire, and then we're killing a vampire, we're killing a vampire. Now, we're going to leave now to go kill the vampire? I can tell you, the vampire's over there. We could go kill him. Let's, let's just go kill the vampire now.
1: Dragonborn also seems that that focused as yeah. well. So are, as
0: Dan would say, robots, huh? Warforged, you can make a Warforged monster
1: slayer as well, too, what I guess. Robots. Well, it would be
2: great against vampires. You're not going
0: to, you know... Yeah, they can't suck your blood. You don't exactly. got any.
1: Yes, they can. You're still an organic being. It's not 3.5. You're not made of motor oil and circuitry. You have metal as part of you. And wood. Tieflings have, have, have fucking... Uh, what, what are horns? D- Dave, you know, the, the, what are horns made out of? Bone. It, it, it's, it's essentially bone. Is, isn't there a special word for it? Horn. Hornbone? No, wait, that's horn. something else. <laughs> Terry? Terry? <laughs> Terry? So... <laughs> Hornbone. Okay, Adam, what you got for us? We talked about Terry's golf girlfriend in the last episode, so here comes Hornbone. Um, here comes the Hornbone! Hornbone's <laughs> horn ready! I feel like that's that's going to be Jack Blacksnick's band. <laughs> uh, uh, Alright, so... Um, I'm gonna Dave you alright. Or, 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 no, or Maynards. Or Maynards. It, it, it's yeah. Jack Black or Maynard. So the thing is that no one can hear Dave laugh. He just does the very quiet shudder. He, right? He's got the belly chuckle. Like that, that's yeah. what Dave's got. So anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> the Gloomstalker to me is a lot of fun when you play with the um the dichotomy of it the word gloom right in it makes me feel like it's you want to be a shatter Kai or a drow or some other elf but you there's some sort of sadness or upset or edge lord or whatever and I loved playing my halfling who was just the perkiest happiest guy yeah. that was a little bit tone deaf didn't really understand how the world worked and was uh, had never really seen a civilization before he was raised on the farmstead out in the woods. With his thirty-seven, something like that. I, I I came up with with puns for every name. There was something like th- every single one of them had, had a joke about them, but he was just super happy, and that's why his betrayal really threw a lot of people yeah. off, right? And I well, like you were it. you were kind of the 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 heartbeat of the party before you turned on everybody. That's just because I had the experience. Yeah. I I was not the driving force of the party. I no, was not, not at all. But I was definitely the the role player. I was the the face of the party. The walking in to say hi, how are you? And I love the idea of the gloom stalker that just appears from the darkness, from the shadows, and pops out of nowhere. Hey, I found a penny. And it's just like super upbeat and Anya from from Buffy. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. That a little bit dumb completely unaware of social etiquette charisma sc- insight is as a negative modifier right like but we'll disappear in the shadows and eviscerate a bunny yeah and then and then we- thanks yep yeah. um I, but then we'll and we'll come back covered in bunny guts and want to throw a little party right yeah like, exactly hey it's birthday yes right? this, this one
2: speaks to me i've done that you yeah, have you yes
1: what did you play
2: no, I literally was covered in bunny guts. Oh, shit, Dave. Like yesterday? No, like, I mean, you know, I go hunting out in the woods. i got a bunny. Then why do it. you bathe in the blood? Well, I mean...
1: You, How else do you, do you, you, you gotta, stay you young? You don't wash
2: your hands, right? I mean, if there's no... It's not raining. You don't, like...
1: You it's a, You don't get warm water out there, right? You want to get nice, warm... You two are very disturbing. Anyway... No, I like the idea of playing the the perky, the happy contrast to yeah, the gloom. Yeah, to, to the gloom, and that's I, I would really lean into something like a um, a spring aladrin or a halfling, or or even a goblin that's just a little bit like like silly, yeah. right? Um, and is I want them to be the comedic factor of the party. Yeah. I, I would actually uh if if you are running a game or you are
0: at oh a Oh my table. god,
1: multi-class with the uh, I, I said assassin and that released glamour bard? Glamour bard. bard. Yeah. So you just you just like burst into the room from the shadows. Hello, let's rock! <laughs> <laughs> burst into the room full of color and everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I freaking love it. But uh if you are in a party or you have or you sit at a table with somebody who is like that that. Persistent ever edgelord like every character they ever make is a rogue or a gloom stalker or something like that, and all of their parents have always been dead. Like that guy, the way I see out of that is encourage them to play the contrast, they like the mechanics of the class, let them play the mechanics. Get them to play the contrast with the role play
1: or vice versa, or vice versa. So, so you are the edgiest glamour bard of all time, yeah. We're gonna get some weird hair metal going on, right? Like, it. we're <laughs> gonna, You're gonna return to to the spend, edgiest. and I'm part of this Swedish death metal band, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, no, I i like the
1: uh, I like the Gloomstalker, um, it it, it wants to multi class, it does. There's a lot of good stuff in it. Like Even later in it, there's some good stuff, but it wants to multi-class. So. Um, and I'm just now thinking about... I've got two copies of Xanathars in front of me for some reason. Uh, I'm just now thinking about what the ranger has to offer at high levels. And uh, look at that right to the page. Nicely done. Yep. Um, and at high level, you get feral senses. So you, um, when you attack a creature that you can't see, your inability to see it doesn't impose disadvantage in your attack rolls. Right, and and you are also aware of the location of any invisible creature. That's useful, but at 18th level, seems a little underpowered. Yeah. And at 20th level, you become uh, the unparalleled hunter of your enemies with Foe Slayer. Uh, you can add your Wisdom modifier to attack or damage rolls. That's yeah. a little underpowered. I'm, I'm okay to scrap both of those to get a little bit of assassin. Exactly, right, which I think you get the assassinate thing. At, at level three. At level three. It's right away. So... um uh Assassinate starting at level three, yeah.
0: And their other ability to like have their uh second uh persona that uh assassins get, your character disappears into you know into the shadows and, and then
1: comes out as somebody else. Yeah. I it's, think I think it's a lot of fun. So yeah. anyway, uh any final thoughts guys on the Xanathar Rangers or what Xanathar's has to offer? It made Rangers fun again. In my mind, I I, I did not like
0: uh, I did not like rangers before um, with five e rangers used to be one of my favorite classes in three point five. Um, it was like I'm either playing a ranger or barbarian guys. What what do you want, right? Um, and I kind of felt let down by five e rangers. This made up for it. I want to play a monster. Style. I want to play each one of these <laughs> except for a gloom stalker. I'm not really interested in a gloom uh, to play myself. Like they're just I, I don't want to play the Edgelord. So uh, but the the You're gonna if you wanna play Edgelord, you're gonna go play Vampire Masquerade. Yeah. And I've got stories about that. I love that game. But um playing the Monster Hunter play, and just being an adventurer, goddammit. We mentioned how this is our uh, like this is the only class that's kinda marketed as a profession. You are the adventurer, not an adventurer, the adventurer, right? Like, you are the guy who's pulling notices off the corkboard at the bar, right? I, I just love it. It feels like D&D to me. Dave? Uh,
2: so, we started this talking about the views of the world, Homeland of Sworn Enemy, and I think we all really decided that we
1: didn't like There's nothing there. That. Hot garbage. Um, it's not even hot garbage. It's it's flavorless porridge. There's nothing yeah. to it.
2: Yeah, but I got to say, all in all, I like it. Uh, I mean, how many times have you been asked, you know, what class and do you recognize or do you identify with the most? I never before today would have said Ranger, but, yeah, no, this 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 speaks to me. I like this. I could really sink my teeth into some of these. Uh, and, I mean, even from the Gloomstalker who's, you know, fighting from the shadows, that's an interesting...
1: Take on the Hunter?
2: Yeah. Uh, the Horizon Walker where you're protecting your realm.
1: You're big on conservationist stuff as well. Oh, I mean, huge. Yeah, uh, you can have your own podcast about that. Probably, yeah. It'd be mostly about ducks probably. Look look, you know what? That's something to actually talk about, not ducks. Fuck off. <coughs> but but the conservation side of things, we're going to circle back to rangers one more time to cover the revised ranger subclasses um way in the future. So yeah. I know how many episodes of the classes are coming out, and maybe we should get Dave back to talk about conservation perspective that a ranger might have.
2: Yeah, okay. So I, I play a storm herald barbarian in my Tuesdays, you and one of their fuck. things is, um, they they seek out uh, ocean polluters. It's a Triton, right? So they seek out polluters and other people that are you know not friends of nature. This is yeah, you know, that is something that's quite important to me. But uh, I mean, Monster Slayer as well. Like that's. That's a great classic take on a class, like on a on a specific
1: kind of hu- person path. that hunts, right? Like, yeah.
2: yeah. You, again, you said it: vampire slayer, Hel- Van Helsing, the supernatural hunters, that kind of thing. It's it's classic. Yeah. Right. So I I, it, I really
1: didn't like them when we first started, but now I'm, I'm sold. I feel like Monster Slayer is just a better version of Hunter. Yeah. Hunter's got a little bit more exploration stuff. If you want a combat hunter. It's Monster Slayer. I don't know. Like, yes, it came alive. For me, my my final thought is the subclasses here made them come alive. It was fantastic. I think that all of the flavor around the Ranger is bullshit, and you've got to do your work, and you have to work with your DM to make sure that what your thoughts are are going to be applicable to what the campaign is. Mm -hmm. And they're going to need to know some of your inherent powers and what you can do. Especially your Horizon Walker and Gloom Stalker shit, right? Because if you're gonna be a Gloom Stalker, you're not, you don't want to be out in the desert in the day, maybe a couple of times, but you're aiming for the Underdark campaign with this shit, right? Yeah,
2: yeah it's very pointed.
1: Yeah, you're gonna to want to be in Curse of Strahd with a Gloom Stalker, um, probably not with the with the Horizon Walker though. That's gonna break a couple of things, <laughs> uh, but but look. All in all, I feel like this rescued the Ranger. I was pretty disappointed with everything up until this point, except the revised Ranger, which I really like. Um, and this kind of made it a little bit better. I haven't looked at any of the new UA stuff that's come out for Rangers. Some of it's been pretty decent. A lot of it's been overpowered. Well, that's what UA is for. It's for power creep, yeah. right? Like it, and and we can see the power creep here from what, what happened in the Player's Handbook to what happened in Xanathar's. Exactly. So. Um, well, I guess that's it for this week's episode on Rangers. So uh, you guys that are listening, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast. And make sure to check us out in a couple of weeks because we're going to have brand new content that breaks the mold as we figure out what we can do from a technological standpoint amid this global crisis, this pandemic that everyone is dealing with. So, expect that there will be new and interesting and outside of the box ideas because we here at It's Mimic are about inspiration and entertainment and Dan's bondage furniture. And
2: you never know what you're going to get. That's Hashtag right.
1: Justice for Dave. Just It's for Dave.
2: You've reached the end of another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. Connect with us at itsamimic.com. Don't forget to subscribe and hit those share buttons. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.
1: All right, I got a question for you guys. All right. just All right. just popped into my head. Hit me. All right. Oh, please hit him. No, no. Here. No,
0: no, no. You said hit for him to hit you.
2: Well, I was looking at him, but I was talking to you. I like it better.
1: He wants to be hit from behind by you.
2: Damn, it's not my foot.
1: <laughs> i very concerned. Listen. There are two classes or types of monsters that are really just given the short end of the stick that nobody ever thinks about. They're oozes and plants. There's a rangers episode that we just finished doing. Off the top of your head, can you come up with some sort of deadly plant monster and throw it in a tier, not necessarily a level, a CR, but a tier, and what kind of crazy thing that it might do? Just real quick, you don't have to get into the stats or anything, just like, like you know, there's the shambling mound. It gets up, it follows you around, and it, it tries to engulf you. Right? Mm. And we know what what tier that, that you're going to find that in, right? So, yep. like, uh, let's roll initiative. One, two, three. Well, I'm going to go last with a two. I'm going with a 7. Dave, you're first. With a 10? Yeah. Okay, so um,
2: first of all, I just want to say that you said ooze and, you know, stuff like that. And I, I immediately, I don't know why, I started thinking about the Kool-Aid man. Okay? Is is he the liquid or is he the glass jar?
1: No, no, no. He's the glass jar.
2: But if you removed the
1: liquid... He would still walk around as some sort of ghost-like entity.
2: So what's with the stuff in him? Why doesn't it ever fall out when he comes crashing through walls?
1: Because he is so, so robust and whatnot. And that isn't Kool-Aid. That is the blood of the children that are running from him.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Oh, well, then I don't have an idea. That's it?
0: You I, I, I don't know. An animated... Uh, picture that swings around black ooze at things. Yeah, I mean, oh, no. I mean
2: it, it's, it's like if it took over like a Warforged Colossus, you know? Like it's just Oh, like, God, of course. You know? Of course.
1: That's that.
0: uh, 15 <laughs> seconds for Dave to bring up Warforged, right?
1: So, no, no, okay. Hold on. No, bear with me on this. Think about what it would be like to have a gelatinous cube with ghostly arms and legs that can smash through shit, mm-hmm. that can solidify hard enough. That is what the Kool-Aid Man is, right? Right. And he is painted in, I'm going to say in blood in the d and world. A happy face on the front of him to just kind of calm people down. It is it is misguided and misplaced, but he is he, he will come for you. I'm gonna say that he's I, he's gonna be a tier three monster. He could be uh... tier two. When you really dive into the horror
0: level things, tier two is the place to do it. This sounds like an aberration. This is the thing that
1: will will unmercilessly stalk everyone.
0: To me, this sounds like a uh, monstrosity. This sounds like something that some evil wizard has put together and been like, I know gelatinous cubes are gelatinous cubes. But what if he gave it arms, legs, and a smile? And his finishing move is to grapple. And then like a a a, a
2: hole kind of thing where he sticks you in the top and melts you.
0: And it's got a hardened outer... Layer so the only way out is up, and you can't swim up
1: through that. So you guys just abandoned the gelatinous cube altogether then, because I was going with the gelatinous cube that was kind of ghostly, but uh, I guess you guys went construct? Yeah. Well, Construct, vats full of acid? Construct?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it, and I don't, I don't I I think this Warforged thing, like the the big colossus that you can ride in, I think that I like this because Power Rangers and like the Zords all coming together, and you get like six Warforged and they like plug into each other, and you get this giant one.
0: Yeah, no, I get that, but how would this work with the news?
2: I don't know. I'm just rambling, Dan.
0: Are Are you saying like it's I'm joints? on a tangent? Or would you say would you say that it's rambling, joints? Dan. Um, Like, drip this viscous fluid. Yeah, you get your yellow ochre
1: and your... Black pudding. Yeah, and your... Gray ooze. Exactly. You see, you're getting it. Your... Green slime. Yep. White. Never mind. Anyways, so... Dan? Oh, no, no, you're going last. Yeah, no, I'm going last, thankfully. Okay, uh, for me, I'm super interested in um, mosses. We haven't seen anything with mosses yet. I like the... Uh, There's one thing that's kind of moss-like. It's a demon, though. It doesn't care. It's a
0: demon, and and I like that it's a demon.
1: Yeah, but it's intelligent. I want this to just be like uh, the infection of the spores, like a town is slow. It's more. It's half disease, but then half monster. Okay. Right. So you can see that that people are starting to be affected by it, and you've got a let's say greater restoration is the only way to get rid of it. And how many people can you cure with greater restoration at a given time? And this thing takes over villages and towns, right? Where a handful of people get sick and then they start to move. And you can you zombify them by the end of it, right? Like, It's like that zombie spore thing. Yeah, I, I really like that. We don't have enough of that in D&D. And I think that would be truly horrifying because that is a problem that you cannot solve even at Tier 4. You can heal, you can kill, but you cannot cure.
0: Uh, there are some ways to cure. If you're a high-level cleric. There's going to be some ways to mass remove disease. Can't paladins use a certain... Yeah, they could use the lay of hands to
1: get rid of it at uh, some Yeah, point? but when there's a thousand people infected and they infect another hundred people every day. Well, I mean, that's when you start bringing in
0: isolation and... Telling people to stay home. Telling people to stay home. Right, okay, this shit just got real. Uh-huh. Start buying lots of toilet paper. <laughs> so I'm going to go with... I, is toilet paper in D&D just special elven leaves? No, Okay internet no. and everybody around use your hand wash your hands if you're really down to it that's why you have two socks dan no that's not why you have two socks you
1: have two socks to keep two feet warm both of you are wrong both of you are wrong we don't want to know we what you we all use your those, tube socks we, for we all keep those those brushes beside the toilet for a reason right did you see that video Oh Just God. as an aside? No. Hold on. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. There's, a video. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's whoa. a video.
2: There's a video. Right now, guys, I'm talking nope. about. Yep. <laughs>
0: Take me with you. Oh. So for mine because Adam's sitting here talking about oh, no. How
1: Are we done? Like isn't that a great place to end the what on the thing on the end. Dad doesn't get one? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, well, you didn't have one. I didn't really. It was COVID, apparently. And...
2: <laughs> Thank you for listening to an It's a Mimic production.
1: <laughs> okay, you're done. Get it. <laughs> <laughs>